What's up? This is a special edition of Marsha's Plate, where we review the show Pose on FX. All right? Uh, what Diana say? Don't call the doctor. Don't call the mama. Don't call the preacher. Welcome back to Marsha's Plate. Make sure if you join the conversation, you hashtag Marsha's Plate and pose FX. Um, we're going to cover a lot of topics. This episode was really deep, um, heartfelt. So if you hear us talking about anything and you have something to add, make sure you hashtag us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We are under... M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Hashtag us. We don't care if you agree or disagree. We just want to hear your opinion. So, you know, come join the conversation. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. Hola, como esta? <laughs> so, <sighs> we are in episode four. Yes, we are. This is a heavy-ass motherfucker episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> recovering. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, so, usually, when we do, um, when we watch Pose, um, I usually watch it twice in one night. Mm-mm. And then I usually, like, throughout the rest of the week, I'll watch it maybe, like, two more times. Yeah, Yeah, usually. Usually. Yeah, me too. How many times did you watch this one? Uno. (laughs) Why? Uno, no dose, baby. You couldn't take it? She came right back on after. I said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, where's my remote? (laughs) I couldn't. I could not. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Ooh, I thought the AIDS and the HIV episodes and all of that was, mm-mm. This, this one, one took the cake, baby. Uh, this was a heavy, heavy, mm-hmm. heavy, heavy one. And so um, so I don't have cable <laughs> because I cut it off like a year ago because I can watch my shows on, you know, my streaming networks and so or on the internet. So I just thought I was wasting too much money paying $127 for um, Xfinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I bought um, access to Pose through um, my Amazon or whatever. So it doesn't actually, I don't actually watch it when everybody is watching it. So when I'm when I'm live tweeting, I'm live tweeting based on what people are saying mm-hmm. on the Twitters. <laughs> and so Wait, I, what? Right. I just thought about that, bitch. <laughs> Wait, because so, you'll be right on in there like you watching it with I everybody. Know. I yes. told you, y'all gotta watch out for Diamond. <laughs> I gotta watch. So I actually don't. It actually doesn't come on my app until like two in the morning. Oh, so you finally found out when it? Yeah, it's two in the morning. So usually, but last last year it would come on like an hour after. Like it would like if it once. And now it's two in the morning. And now for some reason this this um this year this this season. The, the app doesn't update until like two in the morning. So I don't watch it until two. <laughs> so I get what's happening based me. on what's happening following the um, be all up on that uh-huh, uh-huh. Look at that. Where I was, 
<laughs> I am dumb, but you know what I think about it because I sure thought you were sitting there watching it, girl. You don't know the difference, baby. Don't worry about it. So, mm-hmm. so we'll watch it and then then I'll just I'll make my analysis um, the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this particular time, um, we I, we already kind of knew that Candy was gonna pass. We knew, but I, I just mm-mm, I just knew it wasn't gonna happen. But mm. yeah, like you kind of they what? alluded to it. So what else? I would mean, it be? but why would y'all just tell us like that? You know what happened to suspense? <laughs> I mean, no, damn, I y'all, I mean, like, that's what the I mean, commercial said. A lot of people were like, this is heavy. I can't do this. And, oh, my God, this is traumatic. And, yeah, oh, was. this is a little okay. too Everyone's much for me. Everyone's not strong like you, said, Diamond. No, 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 no. And then somebody was like, see, this is why I didn't want to watch it. This is why I don't want it. This is why I stopped watching it. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that is so white to me. I'm, and just Excuse look, me? It is so white what to me. What you mean, bitch? That's like white people not watching anything about the struggle of black folks. And they saying, oh, this is just too heavy for me. I can't watch stuff like this. But we can't come out of our skin. We can't stop the black racism. We can't pause. We can't um, take a break. We can't stop. So the fact that you motherfuckers are saying that y'all can't handle it, like, I get it. Like, I get, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you of course you have a right to, you know, if this is too much, stop. I get I get that self-care. I get it. But for me, as a trans woman, seeing it, it triggers me. It's like, motherfucker, I don't get a chance to un, to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, pause I, it. I don't get a chance uh-uh, to pause too it. Too much. I don't get a chance to, uh, you know, just uh, to walk out. And, and, and so it, it, it was kind of annoying a little bit. For me, when I saw people taking that approach to it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and so I, I wrote on my um on my thing, like you know, like if you can't take this, and it's a fictional depiction of it, right? Think about us who are living the reality. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, like, it, like literally in the month of June. The month of June was so what, it was it was Pride Month, so we're supposed to be beaming, and this is our month where all the fucking companies is rainbow rainbowing in it up. Yes, for but profit. for trans women, like it was one of the most horrific months of our year. Like every week, one to two people was being killed. We will go went to a fucking funeral, and coming back to the hotel that we were in. We're getting news that another trans woman was murdered. We can't take a fucking break. So seeing people say, "Oh, I can't deal with this," and I just, uh, I just, I feel like it felt dismissive. It felt like I'm like, you can't watch a fucking show. You can't sit up on your couch and eat your chips and drink your juice and watch a show for 45 minutes. How you think we feel? After that 45 minutes, your ass is going to go back to your fucking cis-heteronormative life and not have to worry about this shit. Back to asking us about the bathroom. Back to asking us how old were we when we first knew we were trans. Shit that don't fucking matter while we out here fucking dying. When do we start our transition? When do we get our surgery? Are the dudes that are attracted to you gay? The fuck? That's what's important to you? Hmm. 
yeah, motherfucker, I get that it's self-care and you can't take it. It's too heavy and you want to cut the fucking TV off. But shit, we want some fucking care too. Care, self, self or otherwise. Care. Care. Any kind of motherfucking care. Thorough care. Not any, no. Thorough, deep, humane care. Shit, we need a break too. We don't get to get a break. We don't get to get a time to stop. And so it was really kind of annoying as fuck to me. But but I also, like I said, I know, I understand, I understand self-care. I understand if it is too much, you do have the right to say, you know, this is too much for me. Let me cut this off. I get it. But it's real. This but episode it is real. was not out of the, you know, this no. shit was real. Some and real shit. I believe it was very necessary and... I guess. I mean, it was transformative. Yeah. So yeah. let's get into it. Well, I'm already ranting in the Ooh, first. Girl, you already up there. This bitch, <laughs> girl, she was ready. She pressed play, y'all, and she just let us have it. I'm like, well, damn, girl. Ooh, already in the first ten minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> this was, this was a boulder that was thrown in the lake of the culture of the global culture, and I just really, I'm just excited, and I just want to see the how what the ripple effects is gonna be oh my god i want to thank all of our new patrons this week thank you thank you thank you yay, 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 yay. so not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast you know I also donate to other podcasts I donate to other organizations I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Let me say thank you to everybody who have um, joined us because of Pose. You know, because actually, if you like, if you like listening to us, Make sure if like you hashtag or say anything about the pose episodes, you make sure that you at pose because whoever's running poses um like Twitter feed, mm-hmm. they be on it. They stay liking and retweeting our shit. Oh, for so wear it out. So make sure you at them. Hey baby. Hey. Make sure you at them. Make sure you um you know let them know that you love our our. I mean, who is doing pose reviews like us? Uh, right, cause I sure look for some. I don't see none. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, Y'all better put some respect <laughs> on our name. I, you know, I'm not trying to do my to our, I ain't our gonna own homework. No more. 
But, you know, they ain't doing the problems reviews like that, honey. We're out. <laughs> so, anyway, so if you if you like what we got going on, make sure you at them. Make sure you hashtag them. Make sure you include them in any kind of messaging that you have to us. And we really, really appreciate it. Actually, lately I've been seeing people up in their pledges on Patreon. I've been oh, seeing people doing all kinds of things. New people becoming new patrons. And I totally appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Glacius. back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that in the beginning. So, anyway, this episode starts off with a ball, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so, this ball, um, pray tell, is um, he's kind of not going on a rant. I wouldn't call it a rant. I would, he's kind of, he's really um, deepening his position as a gatekeeper of the community. And it reminded me of black preachers in the civil rights movement where when this spotlight, this national spotlight was put on the movement that was predominantly, um, you know, pushed forward by the young folks, these these black um, religious leaders, these black preachers was put in... um, was kind of like the gatekeepers and started to try to um, control the narrative of what black people want. And, um, you know, I can I can hear in his tone and in, in, in Pray Tell's tone and his conversation about, ooh, now Madonna is putting us on, um, got a spotlight on us. We got to make sure that that this is how we do it. This is what we should do. Even in the conversation later on at the diner, um, um, he, he was given that kind of, I feel this is important. So I'm the gatekeeper. I'm not allowing this to be whack. I want it to be authentic. I want it to be this. His particular old head view of what the future should look like now that we have this spotlight. And it reminded me of the old head view of the old heads of the civil rights movement. And a lot, even though they felt like they was moving in the right direction, there was a lot of times the old head view was rooted in patriarchy, rooted in white supremacy, rooted in a lot of negative things. So sometimes their view wasn't clear enough as the young people to make sound decisions. And I think that's what Pray Tell's character on this particular episode reminded me of. Because they can have some good, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of ideas. But when it comes to progression and innovation, usually, like when we have, when we talk about standing on the shoulders of our ancestors, usually the better view is the young people. So I think Pray Tell and people like Pray Tell sometimes let their ego um, blind them and their age and their um, experience blind them from taking advantage of the young people's perspective. So in this particular scene, in, in the conversation that he was having, it was putting him in a position of a new gatekeeper in the community. He was already a gatekeeper. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now he's kind of grisping, like, you know, I'm the one who make the rules. I'm the one who can, now that y'all looking at me, I don't want y'all to steal it. I don't want y'all to take it. I don't mm-hmm. want y'all, you get what I'm saying? He's kind of putting putting a deeper, a deeper, um, deeper roots in his gatekeeping ability. 
and and even in that conversation, it was perfect to follow with Candy trying to come in and try something new mm-hmm. with her dance moves, giving homage to um <laughs> Madonna. to Madonna, and so. It was perfect because here go pray tell again, being extra harsh on Candy like uh-huh. he normally. Now sometimes she'd be real tired. It'd be like, girl, come on. Sometimes you know, sometimes Baby, she'd most be real of the tired. time, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he, it seems like he gets extra harsh with her. Yeah, and because so- I mean, she was cute. <laughs> <laughs> so this really. This at uh, this scene, this back and forth between the, between them, he's being he's he's hitting a lot of low blows. He's reading her about the silicone and making a little jab at her silicone again. Yeah. He um, you know, he just he was like, "You're not a dancer," and not letting her go out of her box where other people, he kind of can will let them go out of their box and do something out of the norm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so even like, oh boy, he kind of read, oh boy, too. Remember. During the but when when the Banji Boys was doing it, the dude that was a winter now that's a, that's a vulgar and he had that dangly earring. He was like, "Honey, that dangly inger, ear, earring is gonna get Pretty you clogged." <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't just go in on people like, like he, he do does candy. candy. So and it's embarrassing. And Candy was like, "Bitch, you know, mm-hmm. I am somebody, and I'm you know this is what I'm yeah, doing." Yeah, that's you, and you, she gave. You've been. You've been giving this whole little, this is our time. This is the time for us to be in the spotlight and blah, blah, blah. And here I am trying and you shitting on me. And what what I loved is that. A harder, baby. <laughs> what I loved about it, even though a lot of people agreed with him on a certain level, when she got to talking, the audience behind her was kind of agreeing with her. Yeah. Yeah. Were. So. They noticed that you know you kind of being a little extra, bitch. <laughs> but Ray Tail still was like, "Girl, she be trying to hammer time." Yeah. All right, y'all want to make me the enemy? <laughs> Give her your it scores. Been hammer time. <laughs> hammer time. When you got to talking about my silicone, yeah, you, can, you so going extra. too deep. <laughs> So he said, okay, girl, well, give her your scores, judges. And the judges, oh, the scores was like, didn't she get a zero? (laughs) (laughs) A zero, bitch, you didn't even have to show up, girl. (laughs) A five? A five. Oh, they were late for that, baby. It was bad. Oh, they were late. It was real bad. So, (laughs) a zero. That would have been me. Um, so I just, I just think that, um, I think it was interesting that the people were noticing that you're being a little too much. And so she left and then that's the end of that scene. So the next scene, we go to the infirmary ward, the, the medical ward at the hospital and, um, nurse Debbie, the white nurse is voguing when Blanca and Pretel tips in <laughs> because Madonna and the Vogue song <laughs> has made this like pop culture. So everybody is doing everybody it. Is they live it. in the song and it's kind of like ironic. Cause just a, a year ago, y'all motherfuckers was hating us and That's how they do. we were the subculture and the scum of the fucking earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it matters. And because this white woman has stamped it, this white person has stamped it, this pop culture, person icon has stamped it now all of a sudden we have some type of value entertainment value um so pray tell and blanca is talking about it like child i almost feel like this is a joke <laughs> blanca was like i feel like this is god's joke on us because we get this popularity in the middle of 
um, this big crisis. This crisis is like, yeah, it's like motherfuckers is dying all over us, but then ooh, we getting this spotlight shine mm. on us. So it's kind of crazy or whatever. So they tip into like this cafeteria thing with Judy, Nurse Judy, um, which is the nurse that's been you know cool with the with the community, and um, they tip and sit down and pray tell thinks that they are there to talk about, um, I guess the cabaret. The little A's cabaret doing another one or whatever I think he was talking about. But they were like, ah, that's not what we hear about. We're not here to talk about that, pray tell. Let's talk about you and taking what is it, ACT. <laughs> so it's Blanca. Time, so Blanca and Judy is kind of doing some kind of intervention with Pray Tell. And Judy pulls out Blanca's um, blood work. And Blanca's T cells are coming back, so they're not as as Brian said in a couple of episodes. They're not dropping it like it's hot. Dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> they're now um, <laughs> twerking it up. It's <laughs> working it up, wearing it out, living their best life. Go Blanca! Right, the cute girl. Right. So she was like, her ACT is working. Her T cells are coming up. And it's love, wear it out, sickening. Mm. And pray tell is like, uh, but I don't want to take that toxic ass shit. Okay, but girl, <laughs> pray tell. And, right. And so Judy was like, but bitch, you you clearly care about your health because yeah. you out you out there trying some motherfucking hoodoo voodoo whack ass bullshit. What was he doing? Eating some butter, butter or some pounds shit? Pounds of butter. I ain't never day. heard about that. <laughs> Doctor Sabi ain't never talked about no eating no butters and stuff. <laughs> I don't know about all of that uh, now. I, I, I don't, don't think I would be doing all of that. I don't know. It's just a little weird. So, But it does let you know that he's trying something. Mm-hmm. So why are you not trying this AZT? Right. I'm, giving, I'm showing you that it's helping her. So why why you don't think it was going to help you? And so, he first of all, he was annoyed that Blanca told her. And then he was annoyed that they you were kind of- Blanca. Blanca's trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> Blanca goes the extra mile. Uh-huh. And then she was like, and then he just was like, you know, I know y'all love me or whatever. Because they was like, we just love you one more moment. Too. Right. And he was like, well, y'all need to love me a better way. I don't like this shit. And, da, 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 da. and he just went on his tangent and tantrum mm-hmm. and walks out of the little meeting in pray tell style. <laughs> really electric style minus, right. the, minus, minus the table shape. the table. <laughs> <laughs> my new signature move. <laughs> Pray tell signature is get my garments and tip off. <laughs> get my garments. Read you to fill. Get my garments and, and leave. Tip off. Exactly. That's his signature move. Mm-hmm. And he did that signature move. And so he tips off. And so the next scene is him going into. The next scene is him going into a diner. It's the yeah, diner ride with a bunch of bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what they said. That's what Candy said. I mean, what well, shit? Candy That's what said, it looked like to me. You, I know you bottoms brunch. <laughs> so the next scene was them at the bottoms brunch, and they were all talking about what were they talking about? So Daddy? what? What? What was happening here? You get a glimpse of oh, the, the or, yeah the organization of bossing. Yeah. So these four MCs. So uh, this. This whole time, what you've been seeing is Pray Tell almost being the only MC, but it wasn't just one person that it was. The yeah, MC. I remember it's multiple other people. ones too. Yeah. Did you say somebody was a real one or something? Yeah, Jack is. So Jack, the one, the one that's sitting across with from, the perm, uh, with the perm. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, Jack. With Jack the perm. is Jack Mizrahi. Like, is, like a pimp uh, is an icon in the ball scene. So he's a real um, MC for the balls. Oh, shout um, out. 
Now, but it, to me, this gives you a glimpse of, the, like I said, the organization of the ball scene. So they talk about donations because somebody has to pay for the trophies. Right. So they talk about we need to get these bitches to give us donations. Um, so many people are dying that the moment of silence is taking too long. So Ooh. we gotta, so we gotta do something about that. I mean, what do you mean that they, they have a moment for silence for each person? Yeah. So it was getting kind of bad. So I'm they sorry. were like. Yeah, because could you imagine? Yes, could you imagine? I it's, can't imagine. Jesus, you starting it off and it's one or two, and you like, oh I my couldn't god, take that. Like I I'll be walking in. I'll be like, I, I'm coming after the moments of silence <laughs> and stuff. I think it's gonna end around this time. This one, I'm gonna come on in. Yeah, so I ain't trying they, to go through that each time I go to a bar. Yeah, All right. it's kind of extra. So they get to talking about um. They get to talking about, you know, and it kind of gives you a glimpse that it's not just a bunch of people coming together. There, this is has this is a situation that has been organized. Yeah, this is a situation that has some type of, um, um, is it bureaucracy or? Um, Ooh, there you go with them big old words. Who? Um, it's some type Barack. of or administration. It, it, it's some type yeah, of structure. Like it's not just. We're gathering. It's 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 there's some type of structure in that. So in the midst of the conversation, one of the reasons why they were meeting is because they wanted to because they got this new spotlight from McDonald's. About to say McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hungry? <laughs> they got this new spotlight from Madonna. And now it's like, oh, we need to come up with some new categories because mm-hmm. some of these categories that we've had has been the one of the trays that, um, not trade, one of the bottoms. <laughs> say, the bottoms at the brunch? The, the bottoms at the brunch say, you know, some of these categories from 1973, <laughs> which was true. Yeah. So they were like, we need to come up with some new categories. So as soon as they get to talk about that, boom, candy pop candy up. Candy ass pops on <laughs> up. I'm like, now what the hell? So, How did Candy get a chick followed them? <laughs> so Candy said, I know where you motherfuckers from <laughs> Bottoms Brunch at. So I'm here to come into the conversation to let y'all know that y'all need to have a lip sync category. So to me, the interesting thing about this, it gives you it this is a pivotal point in drag. Okay? Drag been around for years, but how we see drag now has not been around for years. So people dressing up in women's clothing as an entertainer, as an entertainer, um, how we see it now where we see them lip singing to popular songs, mm-hmm. this is the time when this became a big thing, like in late 80s, early 90s. Um, this is the time when this was happening, and the ball scene... It, it almost feels like, to me, it almost feels like the ball scene was rejecting that. And what Pretel was talking mm-hmm. about, like, if you want to do all that lip sync shit, that ain't real. Take that down to the gay bars, because that's where they're doing that shit at. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. there was a culture of drag already. It was a culture of drag already. But ball scene hadn't brought that into the, into the fold or whatever. So this was the moment where they were like, ooh, you know, should this come into the fold? And some people were doing it. Some people weren't doing it. And so this drag and tipping and it, it gives you a glimpse of what was happening during the time. This is, mm. oh, my God, people are starting to make money doing this drag thing. It's becoming a career. It's not just a hobby. It's, it's literally becoming a career for people. So when we see people like now in the drag scene, like Tommy Ross, um, Giselle Barbie, RuPaul, 
um, Mimi Marks, um, Raquel Lord, um, Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington, Sacha Sanchez, um, Tamisha Iman, um, the Braxton girls out of Florida, Maya Douglas, uh, Erica Andrews, rest in peace, um, Deranged, Monica Monroe, Tandy Andrews, Sasha Valentino, rest in peace, um, Sasha Colby, Jasmine Bonet, even Zori Zanel, Strabella be a goddess, Chelsea Pearl, Dina Cass, Mocha Montrese, Coffee, Kitty Litter out of St. Louis, Amelia Black, Yasmin Kebble Star, Nicole Love Dupree, Coco Van Cartier. And there are so many more. I know I went on a long list, but these girls have made career out of drag. And it's important to me to point out that not all of these girls are trans women, but uh, most of them are. And they have made a, a, a crazy impact on drag. And so the fact that a popular show that revolves around drag does not include trans drag it is so fucking annoying and full of erasure and disrespectful to the contributions that trans drag has done not only for the art form of drag but for um the trans community as a whole having these ladies be being put on a pedestal at a club that clubs that are beacons of community and seeing these girls being praised and on stage in the in a possibility model is fucking impactful and disrespectful for RuPaul to not acknowledge it and to not add their contribution to this cultural statement that he is making with drag on the fabric of American culture right now. It is irresponsible and disrespectful for a leader of our community to totally dismiss it, knowing its impact. But anyway, let me get off this soapbox about drag. <laughs> this is about polls. So yes, this was a time when um, it wasn't a career thing to do drag yet. It wasn't a thing. Motherfuckers weren't living off of drag. They had to have other jobs. They had to have other things. But there's some people now who have made drag mm -hmm. a career. I've noticed. Yeah, made drag a career. So I think that that was interesting. And Candy wanted to bring the um, bring the category to be like a lip sync category because she knew she could do that well. And so since she and and. Jack's character, I don't know what his character's name, but Jack Mizrahi, mm -hmm. he said, Candy, you slay face categories. You win trophies in face categories. Why don't you just do face categories? <laughs> like, girl, what's the tea? She was like, I want the spotlight. I want to, it's about being seen. So I want to be able to do something else too, right. not just that. So why don't you make this a category? <laughs> because I know I could wear this out. And being that you said that we got the spotlight, we got one of the biggest DJs coming through, this is my time. Like, yo, make it a category so I can be seen. I want to be seen like everybody else. And pray tell, once again. 
Of course, being pertail and lame. <laughs> Shits on her dream. So, baby. It's, um, <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> Hammer time. Hammer time, baby. But this time is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was it? Uh, what? The, what was it? The, the I don't know. Time? What, when she grabbed the uh the knife? knife? Yes. <laughs> yes, so she grabbed the knife. She grabbed the knife, and it was about time, pray tell. Because everybody ain't got time to be sitting up here fucking with you and your little reeds, pray tell. It's time to die. But she didn't kill him, unfortunately. <laughs> she put it on down. You gonna kill me broad daylight for all these people. Get out of here. Right, but she tips on now. And <coughs> next thing you know, what was it that went flying at his head? <laughs> she threw something at his head. <laughs> threw something at his head. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Thought it was over, bitch. <laughs> she was having a moment. Oh, I love candy. <sighs> I love All right, well, next we, the next scene, we go on to the bar where we are having the avant-garde category, whatever you call that shitty. Yes, yeah, the avant-garde. Lady Gaga got a little thing. Little, <laughs> Lady Gaga got a little category. That yeah. girl had a bird cage and stuff on top of her head and stuff <laughs> With like real that. birds in it. I was like, all right, is she Where from out? Africa? Because that girl, she <laughs> had that shit up on top of her. You know, they be carrying them things and stuff on top of their head, Diamond. You know, you know them little things stuff on top of their head. <laughs> if, if you but, don't uh, get out of here. <laughs> she was rocking that bird cage up on her head, child. Yeah, she won the category because the rest of the yeah, time, I didn't kind of like the one that was in the silver. Would that look like Judy Jetson? I did live for that cute. one too. That I didn't but like the, bird, the first one. You didn't? That looked like a cloud or something and her face was blue. Yeah, that was kind of like stupid. That, that was stupid. Looked like, like it's like a background dancer or yeah. something. Like, yeah, some stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah, but I did like the silver and I definitely liked the one with the bird on top of yeah, her. Yeah, how creative. long that took her to make? Yeah. <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> that bitch is Shady ass said, I guess your trade is working at the best shop. Oh, goodness. Like, what did he come up with this shit? Because I guess your new trade works at the best shop. Time again, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the middle of this scene, um, Angel runs up to the crew and grabs Blanca oh, and, God. Here and, we go. and brings Blanca into the back room where Lulu. So, this is oh. where the show takes a turn. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. So, this now. is from this moment on, the show takes oh. a turn for downward. So, um, <sighs> Jesus. so we go to Lulu, okay? When they go to the back, um, Lulu is smoking her cigarette and she's crying. She was like, mm, I, haven't, I haven't heard from Candy and it's not like her to not check in. Um, was it two days? For two days. Mm. Um, she explains that she has been taking tricks down at the hotel she explains that um you know being a mother of a house and us trying to you know establish our name in the house is costly like we have to be able to come up with the costumes and try to try to win and yeah and, and keep a roof over our head and blah, blah, blah. and so she explained to blanca that she had been taking tricks and blanca was like oh god that's dangerous she's like we know but and i told her but, but you know candy. how candy is and you mm, know candy is mm. strong will strong-headed and she honey she wanted to make her coins and so that's what she did and i haven't heard from her and then blanca was like um like did you go down to the ho- have you been down to the hotel yeah she was like have you been down to the hotel and what she say? No. Well, Lulu was like, no, because I didn't want to go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go by myself. Yeah. So Blanca, being Captain 
Captain Save Him <laughs> as she Captain normally Save is. Captain <laughs> Captain Save Him as she normally is. She takes Lulu and goes down to the to hotel. the rickety dickety hotel. Ooh, Ooh that look like man. an American horror story. <laughs> hotel, shit, yeah. I mean, damn. <sighs> Just so put that, me in the slot machine quarter thing. I just try to make my little coins over there because I can't be going down over there. Or just fuck me at the pier. When they get, so I want to talk about. I want y'all to make it make a note that because we're in community with each other, we have mechanisms for our survival. And when one of those mechanisms is, you know, checking in with our friends. Checking in with people who we love and calling them and saying, hey, girl, I'm I'm about to go out with this date and mm-hmm. I don't really know him. And, you know, this is what cis women do, too. This is what cis women do. This is what butch queens do. Everybody do Everybody it. Who I mean, if you're be, nervous or anything, or, you know, you're like, hey, da, 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 I'm here or. Yeah. I don't see cis men doing this. No. They don't really have to. No. <laughs> no, they, no. Well, um, maybe, like, if they going on a ride with the police, <laughs> like, to to a new person to buy some drugs, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. No, I don't think they do it. Uh, yeah, I don't no. know. Yeah, I don't see them doing it like that. Ain't nobody going to fuck with me. <laughs> but, you I know, Butch Queens do it. Cis women do it. Um, trans women do it. We have to have these survival mechanisms because we live at risk lives. So we have to make sure that um, our friends know. So if something happened, they at least have some idea mm-hmm. of when and where and who and why. You know, we might not give you all the details of the date that we're about to go on, but we at least let you know, hey, um, you know, I remember I used to, um, my friends, if I knew I was doing an alcohol, like, cause if I knew if I when I was escorting, I would say, "Hey, I'm going to such and such, such and such. This is the apartment. This is the address. This is it." And I would send it to my friends. This is what this is where I'm going at. So this is the at call that I'm going out. I wouldn't do it if I was. I wouldn't do any kind of check ins when I was doing the in call. But an out call. Well, if you don't know anything about the escort business, the in call is when your client comes to you. And an out call is when you go to your client. So in calls, of course, because that's at your house, is a tad bit, not a tad bit, a lot bit safer. It's a lot more safer. Yeah, because it's your, your house. Your shit on yes, your, your bitch, house please. is your territory. So you know that, um, you know, you know what's in the house. You know what's going on because it's your house. You get what I'm saying? But on out call, you're going to somebody. Right. You're going yeah. to a hotel. Ooh. You're going to their house. It could so be you a don't, setup. It could be a setup. You don't. You. You. It's so many things that could be mm-hmm. going on when you um when you go do an out call. So for me personally, I prefer not to do out calls. But sometimes you'll be in a drought. You'll be Just in a drought. Candy was they need to take coins. And you need your coins, and your in calls is not being as lucrative as you need them to be, but somebody who's just flew in from out of town, got a hotel room somewhere and they want you to come see them. And so they'll pay the extra money for you to, and it's usually more money for you to come to them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, cause you'll have an out call rate and an in call rate. And so when money is tight, honey, and only a fucking out call is calling, sometimes you can, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. Um, 
So, but also you risk walking into a steam because usually, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes you 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 may be coming to a regular client, but you also could be coming to a, a police steam that is at a hotel. And so you walk in and you think it's a client, but it's really a police. And so they got the next room filled with bitches that they done locked up. <laughs> and as soon as you, as soon as you get busted, they taking you to the room and all them bitches in the, another room handcuffed. <laughs> so late. alcohol can be really, really so late, late, but you kind of got to take the risk sometime. And that's what it is. But I, life in the fast lane mechanisms to keep yourself safe and to talk and to send pictures of license plates. Cause that's what I would do as well. If I'm no, I'm going with a nigga. I would, and it's not just clients. Sometimes, sometimes it's if, if I'm. You gotta do it with every motherfucking body date. these days. You <laughs> like, don't never know. Like if I'm on a date and I don't really know this nigga, or so as a black as a trans woman, sometimes I would go on a date with dudes with no. But my rule now is different. But when I was younger, I would go on a date with a dude without telling my tea. Because I wasn't having sex with you. So my mindset is, this is our first day. I know I'm not going to have sex with you. And I'm just getting to know you. So why do I need to tell you my tea? Right. So that's what was my mindset. Mm -hmm. And that could be a problem for some people. But my mindset was, if we're not fucking, and I'm just getting to know you to see if I even want to see you again. Right. Why do I need to spill my tea to you? So that's what was my mindset. So I would go on dates with people. Before spilling my tea, just to see how they were, see if we connect, see if we, um, you know, has any kind of chemistry. Because you could go on a date with a nigga and it's, he whack as fuck, and you don't need to tell your tea because you're not gonna see him no more. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. what's the point of me spilling my tea to somebody who could potentially spill my tea to somebody else when I don't have to? It's like, oh, I'm not gonna see you no more. So right. why do I need to tell you my tea? <laughs> right. I don't even mm. fucking know you. So sometimes if I know that I'm in that situation. I'll I'll say cool. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go on a date with this dude, and I'm gonna take a picture of your license plates and send it to my friend just to make sure if something happened, they at least know who I was with. Right. That's smart. So I would do that. Um, it's a bunch of mechanisms that we can do, and you know that's just kind of how, you know how we've learned to survive. But that's not exclusive to trans folks. That's you. We all have our. You know when girls go out to the club, you don't leave with no nigga. You don't leave the club without without your friends. You feel what I'm saying? You don't unless you unless your friend let you just make the hey girl, you okay? You ain't just gonna leave and they not know. You feel what I'm saying? Y'all we it's girl code. We got girl codes and Butch Queen's got Butch Queen codes. It's just something that you just do. You know what's up. Right? I mean it is a code and but these Butch Queens, they don't be giving the fuck. Well, sometimes y'all a little bit. I think that comes with y'all male privilege. Um, I think that y'all. I'm, I'm thinking about my friends and stuff. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, where you? I'm gone, bitch. <laughs> but that's still telling you. <laughs> but I mean, y'all do have a little bit yeah. more freedom because y'all navigate the world as males. And so even like doing outcalls, I see when my gay male escort friends, they have a little bit more freedom with like doing alcohols. They don't have a problem with doing alcohols at all. Like I see them do it a lot and without any type of fear. Oh, I do this all the time. This is nothing. So, but y'all male. So navigating the world as men, y'all yeah, kind of have a, a little different. bit of 
not a lot, but a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, not I won't say that y'all not at risk because you know you got these motherfuckers that are. Y'all, they they oh, hit you up I on mean, Jack. I just had that nigga who I know you heard about it off of Jack. He uh-huh. got He's, him together and killed him up exactly, in that car. Exactly. So he, you, you got you. the straight boys that know y'all got money and know y'all will trick off or know whatever. They'll set y'all up. So it, it, it's a situation that y'all are at danger and at risk because y'all. You just never know when it's going to happen. You just never know. And that's what it is. So, um, but yeah, y'all do get a little bit more freedom, but not a lot. No. Mm-hmm. So they go to the so Blanca and Lulu go to the hotel, and the hotel clerk is a fucking asshole. Ooh, he was an asshole, right? Yes. Every time I go somewhere, just like the little funeral, uh, not the funeral, the box place with the bitch At, on Heart Island. Yeah. Yes, everybody's so Everybody mean. Gotta and be stuff. a bitch. Shit. Yes. So they're trying to get information. They had a picture of Candy. They're trying to get information, and he is just being a fucking asshole. Like the girls, you know, and he's just being. Just an asshole not trying to understand. And they look up. Once somebody bring a key back, they look and see that the Lulu 44. Knew, yeah, she knew because she said she always get, uh, usually gets 44, room 44. Why? And room 44 key was gone. Yes. And, oh, she Candy told her she always get room 44 because they have a sickening vanity in there. Well, yeah, not, she well, wants to see the vanity. Well, she, yeah, the yeah, one I'm sure it wasn't that <laughs> bitch. I'm sure it wasn't sickening. I don't think nothing up in that bitch is sickening, girl. <laughs> Shit. she said. But it's sickening for the place. She said, you know, it has a vanity, so, yeah. you know, I pick 44 all the time. So, <laughs> and they see that 44's key has not been returned. Ooh, God, my heart with a, oh, drop, girl. That key gone. Oh yeah, but I wonder why they couldn't go in and see what the key was. I mean, but imagine, but no, 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 no. Imagine if he did let him. Oh, see, that's kind of ugly. Cause think about if he did let them go into the hotel, they would have found her. And see? then they, they would have just seen that that yeah, and then you can't get that, that up out closet. your mind. Yeah, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise that they he didn't let him in. He was being an asshole, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise for. What would you have did? Would you have went up there anyway? Because I still would have tried to go up there. I, I can't just leave. It's been a see. This is my and, thing. And leave my number. This is what's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Like I, y'all know. Well, you two. Um. I would have to just uh, walk on up. Mm. And the thing about hourly hotels, they real strict about you leaving. You leaving, so, right. So the thing, they'll come and be knocking on the door and unlock it because it, it's an hourly hotel. You mm-hmm. only pay for an hour. You're not sitting up in this motherfucker for three days. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So right. why did they not find her? Do you feel what I'm saying? They didn't find her right. earlier than that hour. So, so her being that. there for days is kind of strange to me. Exactly, but they were saying that they didn't even clean up the the room. They barely cleaned up shit. the room, but Ooh, they did God. have a hotel cleaner. They had a hotel cleaner that she the one who found them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that worked. It just seemed a little strange to me that long period of time. Yeah, you're right. Somebody just be slayed like they laid for, out t- for that for the, the, even that, more than for a day. A day. For more yeah, than a that's day. weird. That's, yeah, that's weird to me. I didn't even think. You always be thinking about little stuff like that. <laughs> Girl, it's a fucking TV show, bitch. <laughs> but that did make sense. It's a TV show. She can't enjoy we're, nothing. We're giving Ooh, you can't enjoy analysis with dominance. <laughs> That's why you have to just pop up. All right, I already watched it. <laughs> so, um, so Blanca and Blanca leaves her number, 
and says, if anything goes down, if you find out anything, call me or whatever. So they go back to the um, Blocker's apartment, and she has she's organizing a search team for Candy. She done planted out flyers. She Candy like, Ferocity. Yes. On the, so, uh... <laughs> on the flyers. And so she was like, look... Like in pure Blanca style, fuck that Blanca shit. We just had planned. On it. As soon as she <laughs> found out she was shit. missing, this, we she all need was, a motherfucking Blanca. She was already printing out the flyer. As soon as she found out she was missing, I'm like, okay, okay, all right, all right. Come on now, be somebody's Blanca. Blanca is a Chris Jenner baby. That bitch would be a bomb ass manager. She would have you on. She is on it. So she always, so she's doing, she's planning. She was like, fuck that shit. We had plans. This is going to be an all night thing. Poppy, you're going to be taking the phone calls. You, we're going to be putting these flyers out. We looking for, so she's not in our house. going on up in that damn house. You can't she's, even get no sleep. She's not in our, she's not in our house, but we are, this is our sister and we need to search for her. Damn, Blanca, that was your sister. <laughs> that was all of our shit. sisters, bitch. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> so... Next thing you know, the phone did ring, and it Ooh. is, and it is the hotel people. The guy did the asshole guy did call, and he basically gives Blanca the bad news that it was Candy's body, and tells her what happened. So she calls Lulu to come over, and Lulu comes in and she tells Lulu, and they have a crying moment. Um, then. The scene goes to finally Electra comes and they're all kind of sitting at the table and Lulu asks her, um, like, tell me what happened. So we get a glimpse. They do a flashback of um, what happened. Basically, the um, housekeeper lady comes in and she comes in to clean the room and Candy's body. She sees body, the little blood towel. She sees the blood towel and Candy's body is in the Slayed closet. Slayed in the closet. Dead. Um, in that moment, oh, she asked, like, do they know who did it? Lulu asked, do they know who did it? And Blanca's, you know, being reassured, like, no, not yet, but they're still looking. Blanca being Blanca. Being the, the, uh, not naive, but more optimistic. Remember, we learned about optimistic last year. We did. (laughs) Yeah, optimistic. Optimistic. Um, not pessimistic. Nope, nope, nope. And so... Um, here come Electra being pessimistic. <laughs> here she come being here pessimistic. She comes pessimistic. And she says, and Electra says, um, I remember this part. She was like, uh, they don't care about transsexuals. Girls. Yeah, yeah, they don't care about the girls. They don't give like a fuck her. about to give them she, energy. I mean, well, shit. They don't give a fuck. This is somebody. We're the scum of the earth. We don't we don't care uh, to put our energy and manpower in solving this case. And we have a real life example of that. We still don't know what happened to Marsha Marsha P. Johnson. We don't know. Her body was found. Our namesake's body was found in the Hudson River. They don't know who killed her. They didn't. The investigation investigation just went kind of dry, and you know that's just what it is. It's just what was the nature of. Oh, we found a transsexual. More than likely, the story is gonna be oh, she must have been prostituting. This is just this just like when they find prostitutes dead. It's the mm-hmm. same exact thing because we are on the margins. It doesn't matter. Our lives have no meaning. They have no depth, as Toni Morrison would say. <laughs> they, they, they. It's no, no purpose, and so they. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We. It doesn't. It's. 
It's horrible. It's something we don't have to care about. So and a lot of times our bosses is not forced into the situation. Mm-hmm. And our bosses is not putting pressure on us to look for the murder of a transsexual woman. So exactly. who cares? It's it's horrible. Oh, so then it switches to Angel. Angel is like, but we should motherfucking care. Like, this is the 11th girl this month. This is May. And this is a, she said this is the 11th girl this year. And this is ringing true to what I was talking about earlier. Like, this is what the life is. This is what it is. And this could be me. You know, this could be all, any one of us in this situation. And, you know. Only thing that was strange about this scene, it seemed like every time Angel get mad, her um, oh, that weird ass accent come out. Did you? It's like that? a squilly. What do you mean? It is. I, like I did a, cock it's it. Real, it is like, real Latin. <laughs> it's it do. Real, it real. do. It do. You be like, is your mama talking? <laughs> so you feel like it's. it's I like, can't even explain it, but I know exactly yeah, what you talk about. It gets about. real. It gets real heavy and weird. I like, I'm like, do that each take. I don't know. It was weird <laughs> to me, and it's not weird because it's a Latin accent. It just weird. Just it just sounds almost fake a little bit. It doesn't sound like authentic. And I and and I can kind of see that because like in certain characters, but it's not as so like when I hear um when I know Latinx folks, like when they get hyped, like they'll they'll mix in, they'll do that spang yeah spanglish thing, like they'll do that. But it's something that they do all the time. Like it's not just when I'm mad. It's mm-hmm. when like you can hear the accent and you can hear that it's not their native tongue. And even if they fluently speak English and Spanish together, like. But you can hear it in their tone. You can hear it in how they speak that, oh, this is a Latin, uh, Afro-Latinx person. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? This is an Afro-Latinx. Like, you can hear it. And and when they get mad, it's you You can hear it throughout their conversation, but th- definitely that. Mm-hmm. So, but with her, I rarely hear it until, like, moments like this. Yeah. And it was kind of strange to me. I that, too. It was kind of strange to me. I don't know. It's not a negative. It's just, it's kind of strange. Like, I was like, oh, well, I, I don't ever hear it. She said, I am giving you emotional. <laughs> I am giving you acting. So that was kind of strange to me. So after that, they talk about, um, you know, we got to, Blanca, in response to Angel, says, you know, we got to make a celebration of her life. And this brings in the idea that we have to get her body. Or was it Electra? Uh-uh, it was Blanca who said it. Oh. And Electra just agreed. Oh. And she was like, but this brings in the idea of the ta- the task of having to get her body from the morgue. So, during this time, really any, I think it's like now too, your family is the one who has to get your yeah, body. Yeah, it's still the same. And so. Which is crazy. The issue with that now is. In this day and time, it's a little bit less now, but still uh, still, definitely true for some people. When your family has disowned you, when your family is not in your life and they have pushed you away and you haven't talked to them for years, you, you have created a new chosen family of people who care for you. And so sometimes your chosen family don't even know how to get in touch with your family. Exactly. Sometimes there's no connection between you and your family, your blood relatives. And so you can't get a hold of them. And so you could be sitting in that morgue forever. 
and end up in Heart Island, like we talked about a yeah. couple of episodes, because nobody is coming to claim you. Because don't nobody even know you're dead, because you don't have any connection for somebody to call. Right. Um, or your family finds out you're dead. You know, they find out. They can come in and have a service for you, force you in male clothing, force you to be buried like a man, and not give any information to your actual friends and not let you come, not let your actual friends come, even though your burial is for the people who love you to grieve and mourn. But your actual friends can totally be rejected by your family because they feel like your whole community is the reason why my child never came back and been the son that I wanted him to be mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever reason, whatever mindset they have, they can come in because they are the next of kin and make all these decisions. Um, <laughs> so Judy Blanca and Electra go to the clerk to convince him a little gay Chinese boy. Yeah. Gay little <laughs> Little portly Chinese boy. <laughs> little, you say porkly? I said portly. Oh, I thought you said porkly. Porky. Like he looked portly. like a little pork pig. Well, portly kind of means the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> portly? Shut up, you portly bitch. <laughs> portly. I'm start calling people porkly. <laughs> porkly ho. So he, she's convincing him through giving him an example of what if you were married to yeah, your lover. he was not having it. He was not. And, and I can legit, I understand. Yeah, he was, he was not like, trying to lose his job. I'm not trying to lose my job. I'm a whole gay man. Right. I, I got a job, bitch. What? Yes, bye-bye. You're not about to wear me Shit. out. And so <laughs> I get it. But then when she, she pulled on them heartstrings, like, what if this was your situation? This is kind of what the situation we're in. Right. She doesn't have family that respects her. She doesn't have family. And we're her family. So we're trying to bury her right. And so as an act of kindness or whatever, he signs over like, I'm going to send yes. the body to... Bring white Judy to come and get the business done. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Privilege. Wear it out. Come on, got Judy. got on up. Exactly. Oh, Put your skin on the line. She Because she showed her. said, you know, let me take the... let me. I'll take whatever blame She happens. did I say that. I I'll said, ooh. Thank ooh. you. Come on, ally. Yes, wear it out. So the scene goes to them coming to the morgue um, when the dude, the mortician, has embalmed her. And the mortician says, well, I embalmed her free of charge mm-hmm. because she has been coming to this mortuary for people's funerals so many times. And each time she sees me, she speaks to me so kindly and speaks, and you, she talks to me and uses my name. Like she, and she said, she, he, he said, I appreciate that. She like literally talks to me like I'm a human and not just some mortician just doing the work. Right. I, she usually uses my, she uses my name and you know, you know, he See, really, he liked really look at little things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I do want to talk about that. Um, little acts of kindness really can change what happens. Like in, real life and in this particular story. Mm-hmm. So I rem- just small little things like you don't know what could affect somebody's life. Like when you're talking about um like the dude doing that little bitty thing, like that making sure that they were able to get the body and then him her, her candy doing an act of kindness to the guy. 
I'm just doing something small by respecting you and saying your name. And in turn, I'm going to embalm you for free. I'm not going to charge y'all for this. Just small little things in both ways can affect some how somebody treats you, what you can get, the outcome of a situation. And throughout the whole um this whole show and my whole life, and I'm pretty sure your whole life, a lot of times how things turn out, good or bad, could be depending on one person's small act of kindness. Like one person. Or lack of act of kindness. Some negative can happen. <laughs> Something you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, something negative could happen on because one shit. person, because one person wouldn't do something. That's some small thing. You just um, never know. You just never people know. People hold on to things. Yeah. Good and bad. Good and bad. And so I think <laughs> this, the, this particular area of um, this particular area of the show really points that out. These small little acts of kindness to from us. From the marginalized people to people, how we treat people mm-hmm. can can return some fruit to us, but also how they them their small act of kindness to us can really make our situation better. And so I, I really wanted to point that out because people who are listening to us and people who are watching the show, I really want you to pay attention to that because you that needs to translate into your real life. It needs to translate into how you engage with people in your real life. And, and it doesn't, and not just about trans people, just about anybody, poor people. Um, just in general. Just in general, somebody who is marginalized, somebody who does not have as much as you or who do not have as much access as you or in a particular situation. Sometimes the rules, sometimes breaking the rules is the act of kindness. Sometimes, um, especially when you know this rule doesn't really fucking matter. Like, you know this is not going to turn into something ugly. Right. Sometimes ru- you got to look past rules and look more into the care and the humanity of the person that you're trying to help. A lot of times rules is the reason why this government is how it is. Um, electoral college. <laughs> you know, the rules of, of how that goes down. You know, we wouldn't even have Trump if we was going by the population by the majority of the population, we would have who? Hillary. Mm. But the rules is he won the Electoral College and da-da-da-da-da. And that's both ways because we wouldn't be mad if it was the other way around. Like if Hillary would have won based on Electoral College uh-huh. and he won the popular vote, we wouldn't we'll be, be mad. Fine. We'll be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We would be fine with But it's with Trump, it. so we're pissed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so these little rules, these little... um. Sometimes breaking the rules is necessary to to get to helping somebody's humanity. So I wanted to point that out. So after we get through talking to the mortician, I believe that's how you say it, because you know I'm always fucking up words. <laughs> they walk on up to see that good old girl Candy in the casket. Looking a hot ass mess, y'all. <laughs> Woo, Lord, they was wrong for that. 
What does she have on? Was that like a little, what's it, uh, uh, that little wig? Let's start off with the wig. Was it a little blonde? Little, uh, what was it? Brown? I don't know. They were wrong for that now. Every church lady wig. When, I, when you say, I cackle, they said, whoo! I'm thinking everybody about to be all toe up looking at her. They said, whoo! Uh, Electric said, oh, <laughs> oh, no. And everyone, everyone got to read it, baby. And they said, we got what? Two, two hours? hours. <laughs> she said, let's empty the purses, y'all. Baby, they emptied them purses out so quick. <laughs> so quick. Let's, and I want to point out, y'all, this is some real shit. It so, is real, but that's real for everybody, Yes, though. remember when China passed away? Oh, yes. Her picture went viral. China, yeah, China Gibson from, um, she's from New Orleans, but she she was, she was lived in Houston for a real, real long time. And so when China got murdered in New Orleans, um, it was a big deal because she was a staple in our community. And she was such and, a sweetheart. And rest in peace, China. But, you know, the girl stepped in, well, and the the butch queen, because the butch queen painted her, but everybody stepped in to make sure she was put, p- t- sent off the right way. Like, there, we, our community had to come in and paint her. beat to the guy. Beat? Beyonce B- level. She was beat. Baby. They had painted well, her, baby. beat. <laughs> she was beating that casket, baby. And that's what we got to do. Like, I've seen a lot of people, like, who have passed away that the community had to come together and say, we know you the mortician folks, but we know y'all do this for a living, but this right here is not how it is. <laughs> this ain't how it goes. Yeah, because so they don't we, even be looking like the person. Uh-huh. And then we got and think about the the courage and the the strength that it has to take for you to go to a a, a mortuary mm-hmm. f- to your friend and actually paint them while they're dead on a fucking table. To prepare them for their death. If and this ain't your job. But this that, is not that's love. That's love. Like and this is what we have to do to our own because and this is just the fucking life that we live. Like I know that I'm gonna have to. T- my, I have been blessed in, in a way that my friends have not passed away. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I haven't had to, had the experiences, but I know that I am going to be one of the people that have to do this. Mm. So, or they're going to be have to one of the people who have to do it to me. Mm-hmm. And so preparing and knowing that this is something that's going to have to happen because you're not about to have my girl in her casket looking like a fucking mm-hmm. birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Sunday's best. <laughs> in her Sunday's best. Why did they Easter have that Sunday. much blush on candy? Oh, Jesus, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that I much said, that highlighter and blush, ooh, baby. They was wrong for the when they panned that. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I said, chow boo. Ooh. So this is what we have to do. And so I've seen this happen in our community where, you know, we had to, this is not our job. Morticians do this for a living, so they're used to it. This is somebody who is not used to this. Coming in and painting and doing the hair and all the stuff and putting the outfit on. Well, not maybe not putting the outfit on, but yeah, she had it the out. same outfit, the wig and the <laughs> you know makeup and oh that's just God. what we have to do. And so I want y'all to think about that as well, because a lot of people don't think about those type of things because they don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to send our people off with respect. We want to send our people off with um, dignity, looking good. <laughs> so we do what we gotta do. All right, well, now here we go off into the eulogy where we have Pray Tell giving his monologue and sending his girl Candy off. And he said a really nice quote that was very rememberable. 
what was it, Diamond? Because <laughs> you know everything. <laughs> so it was a quote. He was talking about. Um, he said, "We have to protect our sisters from the hands of these men who are weak, who are afraid to deal with their desires." And so, I, you know, that's just the truth. Like, like th- that's usually it, it's. Dealing people with dealing with people's, um, but I don't think it's just dealing with the desires though. I don't think that why we are being murdered is as simple as that. It's just not some closeted dude. No, um, no, and his not just. It's a combination of multiple things. It's a combination of them knowing that the community is going to be apathetic to us. They, they're not going to care if we die or not. Them knowing that just based on how they respond to us in any other kind of way. And they know saying? that. And they know that. And so not caring. So having the, the ability to exploit you, they know they can do it. Look at last week's when... When, oh, girl, when Euphoria was fighting that boy. Uh, I was just about to bring that up. You know, he was, you know, he knows that I can punch you. Yeah, you it's can't not call no that, damn cops. And and it's not, in in the start, it, it, the start of it wasn't about sexuality, his confusion about his sexuality. She made a jab at his penis, not getting not hard. Not getting hard. You know, so it wasn't about Oh, I'm I'm confused about my sexuality. Yeah. It was about ego. You're it was like, how a, dare you? How dare you? And of course, he thinks she's trash. Yeah, so I can punch you. I can abuse you. I can you. punch you. Do and what I'm the hell sure I want. In, in his in his real life with cis women, he would I'm never do that. Sure, no, I believe he would. Oh, I believe well. if he thinks this is a cis woman that's trash that he has power over, if she does some kind of ego, some things to hurt his ego, he would be violent to her too. I think. I think the men men do as this. quick. Um, I don't think as quick. You, you're just not gonna get me to believe that a man that is violent to a trans woman, but won't he be will be. Yeah, of course he would. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's. I just, mean, totally. I think that um, if the cis woman has a social status that protects her from this type of violence. It can happen in any stratosphere of the status quo. But if it's a cis woman who is poor, who is isolated from her family, where she where she has no protection, you know, she's the scum of the earth to the police as well. I think he will abuse her just as fast. But, you know, if she's the upper class of society, even though abuse does happen in that upper echelon of class, I feel like if she has somebody, if it's a little bit less often because the police would care. They may have a family that would care that she can go to. So it makes them think about it, think about their action beforehand because there will be consequences to their actions. I I, I would say maybe not as quick mm-hmm. because at least with cis women, there is a little bit of protection. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There are laws, domestic violence laws on the books. Now, whether they fight, whether they follow them, whether they get harsh sentences or not, no, probably yeah. not. They might not get harsh sentences. They might get all. But I mean, the cis woman ain't gonna end up arrested, right? If if they saw her, him bashing and punching a cis woman on the ground, right? Please, yeah. No, it would not turn out the same way that a it turned out for white her. White woman, 
Oh, any woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe if it was a cis woman prostitute, she would have gotten um, locked up in that situation maybe because of the balance of power. But he, he, he got the connection to the cops. But I think the level of disgust, the level of dismissal is a little bit different when you are comparing how people treat cis women and how people treat trans women. I think that there is a difference and that and that little bit of difference can result in worse consequences. So when we talk about the causation it's those nuances that makes a difference. So I think I think I think it's more complicated than just closeted homosexuals. I think that this is just uh th- this is a byproduct of um patriarchy. I think this is a this is a combination of how we treat people who are on the margins, how we treat women, how we treat gay people, how we treat I think that all of that is like a it it's not I know Kimberly Crenshaw when she talks about intersectionality, she's talking about um in the justice system when black women come into the justice system is two forms of of um, oppression that is that compounds together racism and sexism and I know that she is talking about a particular area she's talking about in the justice system how that happens but that same kind of metaphor that same kind of concept I think plays out in our lives too where the intersections of homophobia the intersections of um, racism the intersection of sexism the intersections of, of classism all come together and create a, a unique level of oppression and it how it plays out in men it it manifests in a unique in unique ways it's not i just don't think that it is um that is just fucking i'm down low and i can't deal with my my homosexuality i don't think it's just that it's for some yeah i think it, i think in certain circumstances yeah that can be a part of it but i think it's not just that it's not just that one thing. I think it's a combination of not caring about women. It's a combination of not caring about black folks. It's a combination of not caring about homosexuals. It's a combination of not caring about the lower class of people. Yeah. It's a combination of all of those things and how we treat them, how we are allowed to treat them, how we dismiss them. Yeah, just like you said, I mean, regular schmegular prostitutes get it all yeah. the time, too. Yeah. It's not. It's just. They be just, right there up in the closet, slaves. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So I wanted to um so yes, to me that I don't think it's just because particularly that. Didn't was it Vegas or New York? Just they just made some rights or something for mm-hmm. prostitution or something like that. I've read about something. You know, I don't be knowing, but I I think Oh, mm-hmm. just um um legalization of um some sex type work. of sex work, so, right? So some shit. That is I the that, that is the battle. It's so, it's it's similar to um legalizing or decriminalizing um, marijuana like it's two battles that's going on there is well not just two multiples it's it's with abortion it's with legalizing weed it's with it's decriminalizing Honestly, sex i work. feel like if it's your body why the hell would you just it's it's your body yeah it's, it's crazy yeah. your body i'm getting put in jail for selling my body, if that's what I want to do, that's what I want to do. But what's crazy is because it's sex. Because we sell our body every day when we sell, right. when we do labor for a job. 
our body working <laughs> to it's, do yeah. to do a job is we're selling the labor of our body. Exactly. So it's just the fact that, you know, just because it's sex and the demonization of sex and the you know, the whole religion. You got thing. marijuana that grows out the goddamn ground that people can go to jail for years yeah. and years over. But it's politics. It's politics that made Suck that politics. illegal. That made that illegal. Suck a dick. So that's um Yeah, so it's more to it than just my point was it's more to it than just um them not being able to deal with their desires. So the rest of the episode. Oh, (laughs) get your your Kleenex and your tissues. (laughs) Go get you a little shot or two. (laughs) Smoke some weed. Get a cigarette. (laughs) Don't even smoke. You still need a cigarette. (laughs) Go get you a, a breath of fresh air. Take a little break. Cause it gets a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little heavy. <laughs> so Candy has passed away after um, what you call his eulogy. He goes and sits down on the pew, and then the rest of the episode, um, well, this portion of the episode, we are getting individual moments of them interacting with what we would say is candy spirit right mm-hmm. so let's break down these individual interactions with candy spirit so the very first one is pray tell describe that so we have candy coming back to talking to pray tell and i believe i feel like this is a love i don't think it's hate love hate really it, they just have a very special relationship. But anyway, she comes It's kind of toxic. You think it's toxic? Why but it might be love, toxic? hey. Because he's... He plays I, her. Go ahead. I feel like he's infatuated. Just like he just... Like he explained to Candy that... Candy, girl, you are everything I always wanted to be. I Or... That not he, that he, not wanted he wanted to be. to be. Well, hell, I feel like he wanted to be Candy. <laughs> but so everything about her that he ch- was trying to hide, that mm-hmm. was that he was demonized for, that affected his life in a negative way. Candy was it to the extreme, right? And unapologetically, he's, unapologetic, black, loud, femme. femme, all of these things, and so he wanted to be her. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was already those things, but he was hiding it. Mm-hmm. Like he was, hi- those are the things that he hide. He hid to be normal in the world that he toned down, that he covered up. So here come this bitch with the audacity to be all of those things unapologetically. What? And be trying to thrive? Huh? How dare you? You know, and that's what. He, while he was trying to cover it up, that can bring shame and jealousy and all kinds of shit. But all of that shit is what we all do. Of course. Yeah. Especially as a black person, like as a, as black folks, (sighs) we, we code switch. We, we don't want to be too loud. Everything about us is always being fucking policed. It's already being, it's already hard to be black. Yeah. But all of those things, even so I remember recently me, Janicia and, um, Janicia is from Tiba Queen of Jay and um, Money from Queer Walk. We went to see the Toni Morrison documentary in New York. And while we while we were sitting there in that 
fucking theater. And on the screen, Toni Morrison and people who were revering her and talking about the, the issues of the day, they were talking about, on the screen, how white motherfuckers police what we do. How they police every action. They police how we talk. They police how our hair is supposed to be, how our bodies are supposed to be, how how loud, our volume, whatever. They police every fucking thing that we do. And in that moment, we are responding. This is one of our people, one of our people that we respect and we revere. And as black people, we are responding in the in the theater like, mm-hmm. like you know how black people do. Mm-hmm. Now, we ain't real loud, but even if we fucking was, but we weren't real loud. We just talking to the screen like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know how we do. Yeah. This white bitch in front of us, Ooh. we all, they're on the screen Same right is. now saying that Wait. y'all police us. She turns around and tells us to be quiet. Oh. Oh. Now, I want y'all to think about it's it. It's hammer time. <laughs> I want y'all to think about it. It is hammer time, baby. How, baby. How fucking dare she? I couldn't even say nothing quick enough before Money was like, turn around. <laughs> Money was like, turn your ass around. Turn around. Uh-uh. This is, these ain't the ones. <laughs> but we, we, just the audacity of this bitch coming to listen to Toni Morrison and in the moment who Toni Morrison has been unapologetically for us and her writing she literally talks about it all the time of eliminating the white gays who I write to not white gays as in G-A-Y-S, but G-A-Z-E white gays, their eyes, them seeing us. She told, she's like, what I write is for my motherfucking people. Uh-huh. It's from my perspective. It's from the black perspective. It's so you can see us, not them, that my people can see us. And see the beauty in us and talk about our trauma and talk about our pain and talk about our way of life. I am totally eliminating the white gaze because I don't need them to push my creative. I don't need them to push my creativity. I don't need their influence in my creativity to speak to my people. Anybody can read it. Anybody can enjoy right. it. But, but what not- I create, I don't want it to be about white motherfuckers. Yes, and I'm not going to water it on down no. so you can feel comfortable about it. And you have this bitch talking about some shush. <laughs> right! And so in that middle of this moment, while they are literally, she's literally teaching your motherfucking ass about not policing That's us. The problem. You bring your white peckerwood motherfucking ass <laughs> To turn around and have the audacity to twist your crow's feet riddled thin ass lips to turn around to three black women and say, shh, be quiet. She thought y'all were being too loud. I don't give a fuck. Over it that you all were agreeing (laughs) with with her. It could have been both. I don't give a fuck. She's telling you right now the problem, and you're turning around doing the problem. Shut the fuck up. We were annoyed by it. Leave us alone. <laughs> First of all, bitch, you, this is ours. <laughs> she Tony Morris and she ho? one of us. She ain't even fucking you. Fuck out of here. Why is you here? <laughs> why? Yes. Oh, why is you here? <laughs> so we was mad as fuck. 
So, and I bring that up because that's what I'm talking about. We always are being policed. We always are having to change ourselves, always have to tone ourselves down in order to be, um, you know, in order to be acceptable to motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. And then Pray Tell was, was basically expressing that. You are everything that I have tried to tone down about myself. And then here you come with your loud, black, unapologetic ass, just living life. Of course, I'm going to look at you like, ugh, and tear you down. Because how dare you? How dare you be unapologetic and be loud and da-da-da? And I had to change all of this about myself to even get some kind of normalcy. Of course, I'm mad and kind of jealous of that. I'm jealous of that freedom. And so, this also brings me to a conversation about the relationship between gay men and trans women there for my life, there has been not all gay men, not all. So I have not had a life full of gay men being shady to me. Mm -hmm. I have not had that. I've had a life of wonderful, amazing gay men that have been my friend that have been a part of my support system that I haven't had the majority of gay men be shady. Have I had some? Yes. One of the levels of them being shady is how I do feel like sometimes not this is not every situation, mm-hmm. but I do feel like the ability to stand in our truth and be a woman. I do think that there are some tra- gay men who would be trans if they had the guts to do it and they don't. Of course. I do feel I there's so many. I'm like, you hate me. Because I feel like you want to be trans and you probably scared to do it. You probably would look ridiculous. <laughs> or it's so many reasons. It's a lot of reasons. It's a lot of reasons, but you would never say it. You would never say it. You would never admit it. But it's obvious. And I have a friend, he passed away, who before he passed away, we had the conversation. But our whole life, I felt like he was jealous because I transitioned and he couldn't. The one you said was big like a basketball player. Yes, my friend Mario. He would just, it just would not be for him. Yes. It, and, and I think that I did feel he would always, he would never admit it. He admitted later on in his life. Um, but throughout, throughout our whole, my teenage years, our 20s, he never would admit it. He was, he was, he would kind of skate around it and be like oh girl he would play it to my light skin he felt like oh you light skin you think everybody jealous of you <laughs> like he would this is how he would do it he would make uh-huh. it that and i'm like no i don't think everybody jealous of me i think that you are acting funny because of the thing it's not everybody it's you it's it's you doing certain things that make me feel like you wanted to be trans you would look ridiculous doing it and you so now you hate like he would put me in situations where he would where I would pull niggas mm-hmm. like he would purposely bring me because he lived in the projects. He would purposely bring me to the projects <sighs> and try to get me to pull a nigga. Mm-hmm. And when I pull him. He would get mad at me. He <laughs> would he would purposely bring me to pull him. And when I pull him, he would get mad. And say, I can't believe he messed with you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so strange. Like he would what do weird at Yeah, it was weird. So there is a conversation that needs to be had and and some unpacking that needs to be had between 
Um, and I'm not saying that all gay men have this particular issue, but that's just my particular situation. I think that there is an old guard of gays who feel like this trans shit is undermining um, the LGBT lesbian and gays ability to look normal in the cis heteronormative world. And so they have a resentment towards us. This is the same guard of gays that will that were willing to throw us under the bus when we were trying to get protection under the INDA bill, when we trying to get protection in the non-discrimination acts that and, and laws that we were trying to pass to get us protection, to put sexual, um, to put a gender identity as one of the um, protections under the law, not just sexual orientation. And so when the, um, right wing folks was like, okay, well, we let y'all in, but we're not going to let those trans girls in. So if you drop the gender identity, this particular garb of gays was like, yes, let's cut that part off and get us through and bring them along later, knowing that is not how it works. <laughs> knowing that that is not how it works and they were willing to throw us under the bus. This is those type of gays. And I think that those type of gays, ha there has to be a conversation to um, with them for them to come to grips with that, um, that disloyalty. Um, but there has been things, there are gay men who I feel are transphobic. I think that they don't see us as women. I think it's they see a us. Lot of I think I think they see us as souped up versions of themselves. They think of us as going too far. Oh, I'm gay, but I'm not gay. Gay. You going to the gay gay realm? Going to get titties? Going to get hair? Mm -hmm. You going to the gay gay? Because I don't see you as a woman. So I just think of you as a gay man that's going too far. Mm -hmm. And so I don't respect your womanhood. So there, we have to unpack that, too. There's a layer of that that you're going too far, and that's transphobic. Mm -hmm. And so it's so many things that I've seen in the community. I don't – some girls talk about it like gay men, like that's the majority of gay men. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. In my particular life, that is not my experience. That is not my lived experience. The I majority feel, of them, what, that are transphobic? Yes, the majority of them are shady. I don't believe that. Majority mm -hmm. of gay men have been a great addition to my life, have been a great supportive, supportive entity in my life. They have respected me. They have rallied around me when I needed it. They have helped me when I needed it. That's the majority of gay men. There, if I wanted to say, if I wanted to give a percentage, it would be like 70 Mm -hmm. But there are that 30% that I don't believe respect my gender identity, that I that I don't believe um, are accepting. I don't believe they, they tolerate us because we're in the community with them, but they tolerate us, but they don't respect us. Mm -hmm. um, they don't think we should be here. They think uh -huh. we are freaks. They think that they think that we make it worse on them getting accepted. There's a lot of things that I think um, happens with them that, you know, that is part is that this conversation between Pray Tell and Candy brought up in my situation. How you could just be a gay person and judge anybody, just anybody in mm. general. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't understand it, but uh, it happens, uh, <laughs> right? It does happen. But black folks, too. You kind of, th you think about black folks. You're like, how could you discriminate against anybody? 
Exactly. <laughs> but they do it. Exactly. With other race. Look at white women. Sexuality. Uh, black people are the most judgmental people. Mm-hmm. I, I, my opinion, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel they are the most judgmental people. Race. <laughs> so... I just don't. Under, I just. I just don't get it. I just. I, and I. I. I know that's your opinion, but I. I you don't think so? I, I don't. I think that we. You feel uh, that uh, because example. we are black and that is our community, so it's more harsh because we're in community with black people. Oh God, that's why I don't get into race. <laughs> <laughs> I no, do not get into race. I do not need people breathing me, baby. No, no, no. It's, but you're not the only one who thinks like that. I just think that it's a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. I think this this particular interaction between Candy Spirit really pointed out for me um, the complicated relationship between gay men and trans women. The next one is Candy and Angel. Their particular um, their particular interaction to me points out. Um, the unique relationship between sisters, trans on trans mm-hmm. sisterhood. Um, how she was like, hmm, I kind of felt like some weird slut shaming. You did? Why? <laughs> I, I, a little, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that at all. Not slut shaming. I don't, that might not be Why, the wrong she's way. The, 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 the hoe from the pier. Yeah, Everybody I felt like she was like, this, this should teach you not to go on the pier. That ain't no slut shaming. She's uh, trying to let you know, girl, I got slayed. I'm all up in the closet, laid out dead and stuff, girl. This could be you next, girl. You better stick to that modeling, bitch. Uh, yeah, but you also know that. It Everybody know always, the angel Reggie go back to the pier. Everyone know that. It don't work out. Okay, and there's other avenues, too. You don't need to just go straight back yeah. to the pier or the slot machines. I know. I mean, or the quarter machines. But that's the time it's just not that easy. So you felt like it was slut-shaming? No, I don't know. How that, she going to shame somebody when she got killed dead? I don't know. It felt that the beginning of that conversation felt weird to me. I like, knew it was going to go like that. I knew that's what she was going to tell her. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, knew I, that. I could see it. And she was like, but towards the end of the conversation, she just, you know, she was being encouraging. So I feel like, you know, she was being encouraged yeah. to her. Like, really, you one of the She's girls like, that can girl, make it. You break the, you, yeah. you break it, you break this door down for us, for the girls like us. So yes. I got that. I totally feel it. And I also love that she says, "Don't fucking miss me." All this energy that you talking about, you uh, how you love me, yeah, and all of that. Put that energy in another candy girl. And I thought that was a beautiful thing because she's basically telling her there's another candy out here type of girl who would need your help. Somebody who's who's advances you who would need your help to flourish. Go give it to her. Reach back. So she's so she, when she's talking to Angel, she's like, look to the future. Break the door down for, for us. Go ahead. Reach for your dreams. Reach for the stars. Don't limit yourself. But also reach back and help that girl who may not be as advanced as you who may not have the opportunities that you have. Groom her. Show her how to get better. Don't just let her figure it out on her own. And I thought that was beautiful. Next conversation was Lulu and Candy. We go out to Lulu. Angel runs out runs out the funeral because she couldn't take it. Angel was just toe up the whole time. She was just toe up. And then we have Lulu sitting in the corner. 
She couldn't go in because she was just too toe up that her good old girl Candy had got. She slain. didn't want her to go in there and see her in a bad beat. She couldn't do it in a bad with a bad beat. <laughs> I don't remember. And I, I, I totally understood this situation because when my friend Mario died. I purposely did not go up there to the casket because I had an experience with my great aunt who I love to death. I went to this casket and now I regret going to the casket because I don't like how she looked. I don't enjoy, I didn't enjoy how she looked and I kissed her on her forehead and she was hard and cold and I don't like that I had that memory in my mind Mm -hmm. and I wish that I didn't do that. So it was a regret for me. That you didn't see, oh, for the grandma. For my aunt, yes, for her, for my great aunt. Yeah, yeah. So Um. when I saw, when I did that, I promised myself that any of my other people pass away, I'm not going to do that. Just in general? In general. I'm you don't not want to going, see the body. I don't want to go to the casket. I'll go to the. I'll go. And you would just see it from afar. Right. I'll just sit in the back. And so my friend, when my friend Mario passed away, I sat in the back. And you feel closure. Yes. Yes. The closure was the conversation that was being had. Mm-hmm. The nice things that was being said about him. The true things that were being said about him. Me being able to tell my story. Me being able to share our, our, um, our. Um, I was his first gay friend. And so me being able to share my story with people with him and that was the closure. And me seeing all the people who were at the funeral, who was at the wake, um, it just, that was the closure. I didn't have to go up to the casket and see him in the casket. Mm. I didn't like that. Because now when I think about him, I think about his memory alive. I don't think about the casket. I don't think about that Because you do have that memory. You are going to keep that memory forever. So I purposely don't do that. Mm. So, um, yes, that was my situation. So I totally get when she said it, when she said she didn't want to go in there and see her like that. But Candy, I'm <laughs> um, not Candy, Angel. With a bad beat. <laughs> Angel convinced her to go. She was like, because you're going to regret it. Go and da 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 da. And so she convinced her to go in. She goes into the. Um, Lulu tips on. Lulu in. tips in and sees her. Now, I when I first saw this. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> it oh, kind of made me cackle. So Lulu sees that Candy has on all this this jewelry all and these her gloves jewelry, and her all her <laughs> gloves looking fabulous, and she's like, "Wait, <laughs> these are my things." But they these really weren't her things. things. <laughs> but they but really weren't her things. <laughs> Low key, they wasn't like, her things. But these are the things that she needs. So she said, "Oh no, bitch, I'm oh, taking no, it." <laughs> My neck, my neck, and this, bitch. <laughs> so she started taking her brooch and her gloves. Girl, just getting candy together. <laughs> Black is People, she just pulled pull her gloves out. <laughs> Girl, she just pulled her gloves out. So they get to grab yeah. her, and she was like, let me go. People so all she... up on candy, little body in the casket. <laughs> Shit. I was Putting out. stuff on, taking stuff off. But just so you know. That actually happened. This is another true. This is another call to a I true story. Even this diamond had to tell me this, y'all. What <laughs> so type this of is another call to a true story. So it was a scandal in the ball scene where somebody had passed away, and there was like a diamond bracelet on the girl at the wake. <laughs> Apparently, a girl took the bracelet off of her in the casket. And was wearing it afterwards. 
That bitch has some fucking nerve. How you gonna come to the ball in the diamond <laughs> bracelet that you done stole from the funeral and just to the right, hey girl, hey, wriggling is- And then, I mean, you wearing the diamond bracelet so it could be seen. <laughs> you don't give a fuck. You do not give a fuck. Yes, it was one of the, all fabulous. One of the girls had took oh, it off Jesus. the dead body at the wagon was the wearing dead it, body, it was wearing y'all. it around. Mm, so that was hard mm. to an uh, actual real situation, bitch. Now, if baby. you could come from the dead, baby, I will come from the dead <laughs> and get that bitch right together. I'll float that fucking <laughs> necklace around. Mm-mm. So Lulu runs out and sits on the bitch and gets a cigarette. And so this is when her moment with Candy Spirit. Um, um, this is what told me up, y'all. <laughs> her moment with Candy Spirit starts. Now, Candy, um, Candy and Lulu, their situation represents to me the love and hate relationships you may have with your sisters and brothers the absat the the, <laughs> the opposite of some. what her and can her and angel's situation was talking about so that's the more optim her and angel was the more optimistic talk <clears throat> but her and lulu was the more pessimistic one i think so when when they when they're talking about it where you know we were underdogs and so we didn't like each other, but we all each other had. And I think in my particular situation, when I'm trying to look back at my life, there were some people in my circle who I consider friends who I don't think if we were trans folks that we would have liked each other. Like if we were just normal people, uh-huh. I don't think we would have fucked with each other. But because we were trans in the same community, uh-huh. the same type of girl, it forced us in the same friend bracket. Uh-huh. Um, we if if they're at the mall and I'm at the mall, we would have to come together. Like it would it would it we would choose to kiki with each it's other. Like the family. Just in just safety. how we always talk about how all of them read each other the filth, but everybody has their their bad. Yeah, but sometimes it's a little bit more toxic, and I think this 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 scene with um Lulu and Candy. It really, t- it really talks about that toxicity in our sisterhood because there is. We were yeah, because tra- that relationship is very strange. Because you had Electra scream out talking about, I don't understand that girl. She always was in Candy's Candy shadow. shadow, but you don't like her like that. Yeah, but who, who else was just we, like you just said? Yeah, but who else were we going to fall to? Who, right. who were we going to? Um, who who else we had? We had to figure out some somebody. I can't go over here with the evangelists because these bitches is too I mean, goody goody. It, it is just like a family. How you can have a brother or a sister? Like mm-hmm. oh god, I can't stand. But this show, mm-hmm. your brother and sister. Uh, uh, even in my my own family, I have a cousin who is gay, and in certain in certain eras of our lives, when we were at the family reunion, we even though we don't like each other's personalities. When we're in the family reunion, we would gravitate towards each other because we could kiki with each other. Mm-hmm. We could kiki about our family members. <laughs> right. We can read <laughs> them, knowing they're going to read us about being queer. Yeah. But, but I really didn't like him. And he really <laughs> didn't like me. <laughs> but because in this particular situation, we're allies. We had to come together in that situation. Yeah. So I... I it, it, 
And even that, when we talk about the toxicity in um, trans sisters' relationship, even that, in my mind, I, that is another thing that I think gets a bad rap, too. I do not have experiences, the majority of my experiences with trans girls being negative. I don't. But I do have some that don't like me. And it's a combination of things of why they don't like me. Sometimes mm. it's, uh, um, we just have a personality class. Sometimes it's a colorism thing, which is based in looks. And, you know, I'm like Lulu said, I'm light-skinned and thick, so you hating, bitch. Especially when I was younger and in, in my prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it it's a, um, it's an age class. Oh, you are old head. Uh, but now that I'm older, oh, you an old head and you just trying to dismiss me because I'm young. Sometimes it's a, um, the type of girl you are. Oh, you an activist, bitch. I'm not an activist, uh-huh. bitch. I'm a, you know, I'm a hood bitch. Do That's right. I'm a that. hood bitch. <laughs> oh, Dama, you are an activist, bitch. Yeah, you, you went to, you went <laughs> to college. Bitch. I ain't go to college. <laughs> uh, you know, it's shit like that that, yeah. that can that can make And some I'm teaching. young, wild, and free. Yeah. You're just trying to judge me. You know, I'm, I'm you know, it's so many levels yeah. of what could cause tensions between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, people's own trauma, their own trauma that makes them evil. You see what I'm saying? I've had experiences like that, but um, but it's not the majority of my experiences. Mm-hmm. A lot of my good experiences were with trans sisters. Well, that's just because your energy that you give off, Diamond. Why you say that? I mean, because you have a good vibe about you. But that don't make people like you. Sometimes it don't make that people can make like you, you. But that can make people not like you. Just like you said with Butch Queens, you don't have all that lateness going on that a mm-hmm. lot of other people have experienced. I it's because of your your aura. Maybe I don't know. I just you know I've had some had to grow some Butch Queens in my life before. Though. <laughs> <laughs> not in oh, okay. recent years, but back in the day, I done had to fight some niggas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just it really just depends. It, especially like I said, when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't an activist. I was just a pretty trans girl, mm-hmm. and and don't let me get some attention from some niggas that the butch queens want to have. They'll get real ugly. <laughs> They'll get real ugly. They'll tell you tea. They'll, it's so much stuff. Yeah, I can't. What is that going to do for them? Honey. Ain't nobody something. going to want you. So, exactly. the hell. But they still will try it. <laughs> you know that's a man, right? <laughs> they'll be hey, just like the cis women. still not going to want you, bitch. They'll be just like the cis women. And be women. over it when they don't care. So, after... um. That relationship with Lulu, the toxic relationship, love and hate relationship with Lulu and Candy's spirit, it goes to Blanca and Candy. And this is simple, but it's really poetic. Blanca and Candy don't have a conversation. Yeah, because I remember I was like, wait, did I miss Blanca and them talk? No, (laughs) they didn't have a conversation. They had what people might not know is that Angelica Ross, the one who plays Candy, can sing her ass off. She can sing too, mm-hmm. but I think because her character Candy was supposed to be talentless, mm-hmm. they didn't showcase her like like they did MJ Rodriguez, who is who plays Blanca, mm-hmm. and Praetel, who plays um, um, and Billy Porter, who plays Praetel. So I think because she her character was supposed to be talentless, they didn't show Angelica's talent. But in this particular scene, she all she didn't have a conversation with Blanca. 
she only harmonized to yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me i think that's what the song wasn't that it oh, no. i think so it sounded like some slave hymn <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> I think it was Yes, Jesus Love Me or maybe Amazing Grace. I don't know. I think it was um, Yes, Jesus Love Me. But whatever it was, she was, tunes. she was harmonizing with Blanca mm. on the pew. And so what that, and this has made me be in too oh, deep. Oh, God. Diamond. I was just about to say, this, now what did this give you, Diamond? <laughs> <laughs> because Wait. what it gave me was two people just sitting there home and just sitting there. Hmm. <laughs> So, but I'm you right. gotta you gotta think about what it was everybody. Two seconds. It was, but it you gotta think you gotta be artistic and you gotta think deeper than well, the surface level. And, and what did how did this make you feel, <laughs> So I feel like what is Blanca to Candy? So Blanca is somebody who is able to see the best in everybody. If you listen to most of the, the negative things that was happening to Candy was a lot of people weren't wasn't seeing her. Do you feel what I'm saying? They weren't mm-hmm. seeing her for who she was and who she wanted to be and da-da-da. They weren't seeing her. But we all know yeah. that Blanca doesn't have that problem. Blanca sees the goodness in everybody. That's her character. She so, does. She so does. she saw the goodness already in Candy. She saw the value in Candy. If you look at when she was, when Pray Tell was reading her in the beginning of the episode, um, Blanca was like, okay, Pray Tell, you're going too far. If you listen to her in the background, in the crowd, Mm -hmm. she was like, looking like, Pray Tell, why are you being so extra? Blah, 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 blah. She already saw the value in Candy from the very first episode when she left the House of Abundance. Candy was somebody that she cared about. She already saw the value in her. So she didn't need a conversation with Blanca like she needed a conversation with everybody else. Mm-hmm. She didn't need a conversation. You know why? Because you already saw who I was. So all I need to do is sit here and harmonize with you because you already see who I am. That was beautiful to me, I think. I, and like I said, I may be thinking too deep. I mean, <laughs> but that's the truth. Yeah. If, you, if you're an artist, let me just sit these bitches next to each other and harmonize because they was already in harmony. She already saw who Candy was. I don't need to give you a life lesson. I don't need the long, didactic, um, long dialogue about shoulda, coulda, wouldas and forgiveness and what you should have been doing. I don't need to sit here and talk to you about doing what you're supposed to do. You are already doing it. You already reaching back and helping other girls. You are already looking towards the future. You are already taking care of the community. You don't need a lesson from me. Let's just sit here and harmonize. Yes, Jesus loves me or Amazing Grace, whatever I mean, the song you're was. saying is true. So, I mean, hell, to everybody me. else, even with Angel, I mean, she, yeah, got she to needed to talk about, about this it. and that, this and that. But with Blanca, I mean, you're the mother, you're uplifting everybody. You're doing what you need to you do. Brandon I don't need to talk have some to the parents. Lessons. You told the, I was like, well, damn, Blanca's on. Even when she told the parents, if you need anything, I'd be sitting right over here. I was like, Jesus, Blanca. Whew. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Blanca's yeah. on. I mean, her sister said that you're, what, uh, the best out of the mother or some shit. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so it was, it was a powerful scene to me. I think it was a perfectly delivered scene. Ryan Murphy is, you know, a genius. That's why he directed this particular episode. And I thought that that was beautiful. I don't know if somebody else would have did it. I feel like they would have had a conversation between Kenny and Blanca. Girl, did it need to be a conversation? It didn't right. really need to be a conversation. La, 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 la,
The next one is Blanca and Candy's parents. So apparently, Angel, remember, Angel was worried about because they wasn't going to show up. Right, and she felt guilty yeah, about it. Yeah, she felt guilty and felt like she failed Candy. Yeah, she failed her because she didn't wasn't she know she didn't convince them to come and come give her respect, but they actually but showed the up. The dad and the mom showed up. And so Blanca comes in the back, so Electra tell her that they're in the back sucking down the refreshments, so tell them to get the fuck out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Electra girl. So oh God. so so Blanca um comes in to save the day she comes in and um she's telling her she sees that this their parents well she at first she didn't she was like are y'all okay like what's going on yeah, and then the mama is looking over it yeah and- so she realizes that um these are her parents they say they tell her that she's that they're her parents and in that moment there's a death going on your child is dead and i have to this is the balancing act that that i think that takes a special person to do like Blanca. You are disrespecting your child at their funeral, my friend. But also you're letting me know how you think about me as a trans person, because you're like, he is my son. You know, when the mom, when the mama was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's my son. He is my son. That is, she really emphasizing he. So as a trans person, you're already being violent to me. You're already being violent to somebody I love who is your child in a space where we're supposed to be revering them, that I respect them, and you're already being extra. And I have to be the one to come in here and combat this. I have to be the strong one and not disrespect you and not say, bitch, get the fuck out. Fuck you. Don't be using the wrong pronouns. Having that kind of um, etiquette and decorum to be able to say, hey, let me just bite my tongue and not respond to this kind of violence that you're serving and really just convince you, come on, you made it here. Come and take some time out to see your child, however you feel, you know. But let me throw this little in there. Your child was loved by this community. You may not have felt nothing, but your child was loved. And so Blanca convinced them to go and look at the body. Okay, so the mother and the father walks up to the coffin and oh, they look at uh, Candy's body and Candy comes as the spirit she is and gets to talking to the mother. Now the mother is the one who was having the hard time accepting Candy for who she is and they have the talk and Oh gosh, what did that? This some good acting. This some good acting in this moment. It was really deep. It was. Yeah. It was really, really deep. This was good acting, and Candy talks about. I'm <coughs> sorry, y'all. I couldn't even really just. This was a hard episode for me. <laughs> Half the time, I was just in my feelings and just. I'm sorry, y'all. You know, Diamond, she's strong and stuff, and she can look at stuff <laughs> over and over and stuff like that. Even after I came here, I and do she feel like to I'm talking to and explaining it. it more than you usual. are. You are doing a lot this episode. I just have to tell y'all, I'm sorry because I was just. It was just. Oh God. <laughs> I love Candy. I love Candy. I was over her. I was over this. I was over it. Over it. And then being over it, I'm like, wait, I'm starting to cry too. It was just too much going on. Because, I mean, this was very relatable. You have the parents. You have the mom who's sitting here. 
with me myself, I do feel like my sister influenced a lot of my decision. And my sister, well, this bitch probably might not hear chill. She might. I don't know. <laughs> Shit, bitches be on the internet these days. I mean, I feel like she encouraged a lot of the things. Just like Candy, Candy said, said that her that her, her, mom. her mom was like her gateway to being the Film. feminine. Like, I didn't have any gay friends for the longest. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about gay. Or, I didn't know anything. But my sister, my the, so, uh, a lot of my feminine, fem side or whatever, my sister influenced it. But at the same time, she read me and made fun of me and things like that. So I related with the candy. Like, okay, but you the one that, girl. <laughs> girl, like I was you, wearing this. Like, like almost you played a part in My this. sister used to sit. Not that. No, no. Okay, now she used to dress. Now, I wasn't trying to dress. No, I did tip around sometimes in my <laughs> mama heels. But I was, I was creative. I was creative. I was creative, y'all. That, and that's what the mama said. I just thought you was creative. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I and the worst I thought you would be gay, but then bam, you popped me with this wanting to be a woman shit. And then <laughs> and she, she said it was no what handbook no guidebook. No guidebook. And I mean that's, that's true. true. It's true. I mean, whether you do like and then if you don't have any friends or you don't know anybody, like What do you do? But you don't reject your child. Nope, you don't do that. That's not that. I know that's not the right <laughs> that's option. That's not up in the fucking guidebook, bitch. <laughs> I know if there was a guidebook, right. it wouldn't say that. Well, baby, just <laughs> toss them out and go on about your life. It never happened. <laughs> I mean, that ain't in the guidebook, bitch. That, but it wouldn't be in the guidebook. You don't so, throw them away. I did relate to that scene. and Yeah, I did. I, I, and, and I've heard that from a lot of parents. I heard it from my mother said in a different way. Um, like I said, I have an interview with my mom on... Um, like I've said before, um, an interview with my mom on my YouTube channel, and she says that she not those exact words, but maybe those exact words, maybe. But she was oh, she she, she called it instruction manual. <laughs> she say yeah. that exactly. She's <laughs> like it, it. We don't no children don't come with an instruction manual, and you don't know how you, of all the things that your child could be. This you thought it would be this? No, you don't know. You don't know how to respond to this, right. and so I totally get her. So then it switches to the father. What I enjoy about this is that they make the father the soft one, the one who is a little bit accepting. This made me cry, y'all. Yes, because if you remember with Damon's mother and father in the season two, with Damon's mother and father, it was the dad who was was the dad was the late one, and the mother mother was late too, but. (laughs) The mother was the one that was kind of nurturing it. Like she was, that bitch was still late too. Me, yeah, she was late too. I was not feeling her. But but dad, but this particular dad, he was the one who kind of gave a gave a little leeway. I was like, hell, did they not keep in touch? Yeah, but because yeah, you, you never, with the mom, you got to ride out with the mom. You might have to ride out with the mom, or it's so toxic between the mom and Candy that Candy don't want to come around no more. So although I may be a little bit accepting, she don't want to be around the toxicity of this situation. Mm -hmm. 
Because the mom is going to make it late. Because your mom, she just made it late in getting her juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the funeral. Yeah, she did. At the funeral. So, I mean, so if she course, was alive and well, hell. So, of course, I'm sure it was. No, she letting her have exactly. it. Exactly. Bitch, you she... at the funeral still doing the most, girl. <laughs> doing the most. It took me to come back up, come back to life to get you in, in exactly. order. And so, um, Candy was talking to the dad and was like, I knew you gave me that dollhouse. I knew you gave me that particular thing. Yeah, she watched us. Watched him set it up. Set it up, and he was like, "You know, I just wanted my baby, my baby, to get what they wanted." My that was so she, beautiful. Candy asked beautiful. for that for her birthday, Christmas, <laughs> and, and Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa. I like that moment because it gives you the dollhouse. Um, it gives you the transition of the black family, like just a really small segment. Uh-huh. How they how you go from. Christmas to Kwanzaa. We ain't celebrating that white Christmas no more. We right. celebrate Kwanzaa. So you can tell that that black family went through that transition of getting more woke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, you asked it for your birthday, your Christmas, and a couple of Kwanzaa. So I thought that was cute, too. <laughs> um, so they have a little moment, and that's the end of that moment with Candy and her dad. One thing I kind of want to point out is that we are always, I feel like, as an LGBT community, we are always living vicariously through relationships with parents. What do you mean by that? So their parents coming into that room of all those queer people. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder of those queer people's real parents and how we, how they act and how we treat them, how they respond is always going to be a reminder of our own personal family. So let's say, I'm trying to think of a certain situation. So let's say you. When I first met you, I met you at your birthday party, right? No, I met no, you. No, I met you uh, at Nunu's place. Yeah, that was the first time. But it, I'm trying to think of another situation. Um, was that the first time? We was at Nunu's place over there, um, on like Hayes. No, that's that it's the first time you remember meeting me, bitch. Cause no, I, bitch. I, I was That I was the first motherfucking I, I, I time when Nunu was I trying to rape you and fill on your titties and stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was that was the first time you remember. That isn't the first time you met me, because you know, you were a YouTube celebrity and I was not at the time. Oh girl, that was you know I, I met you there on Hayes. No, bitch. Oh, that I met not... you. When did I meet you? Yes. I met you before then. Yes, you did. Oh, girl, you whatever. Met, you Probably met like me. The makeup lies, y'all. You met me at Splash when we were at when they opened up that building across the street from 2020s. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, baby, that night was a blur. It was. I know. <laughs> you, girl, you know. You know when I get up in that area, girl. Now you done found me up in ditches and everything. You know. You know about. I used to have a past life, y'all. <laughs> now, girl, now you know when I got up in that little area, so, it always was a blur. So, so that's that's was, when you yeah. met me the first time. And that time. was the height of my little drinking. <laughs> oh, that was the height. We used to get so, those little taco vodkas. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Y'all lucky I am still here because, <laughs> so baby. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. So the second, that, oh, so yeah, so it probably was through two times we met. But another time that early in our, in our relationship, I met you at your birthday party at mm-hmm. David Buster's. So, I thought that was the first, bitch. No, at Dave and Buster's, totally not. I knew you by then, because my mama wouldn't shut up. 
Yeah, so she was. I'm like this diamond, and y'all were talking and kicking. Yeah, so we were at we were at the party, and so just your mom being there, Uh it it says something. It's like, oh my God, your mom is here. Oh, I I hope my mom come to my birthday party. I hope, or let me treat your mom special because this is a mom doing something that she should do. Mm -hmm. Come into their their gay child's, especially when you and that was. Early yes. in the process but of your game, she just found it. Yeah, I mean, she had not. just found yeah, out. Yeah, my explosion. Exactly. So she had just found out just in the beginning of the acceptance, and then she's coming in. You can see her awkwardness in the situation. Yeah. I'm around all of these <laughs> witch queens and a tranny. But girl, she didn't know your tea. She I know. Didn't know your tea. <laughs> I know, but she Baby, don't know. Diamond is privileged. <laughs> Because my mama did not know. Because she be watching and looking at folks, reading folks. She did not know your tea. So your mom living just in. And when I mean vicariously, it's always your other people's parents is always a metaphor for our own. We always I'm when they come into like we went to BTAC this year and one of the one of the trans people's parents were there and we treated them like royalty because we are so happy that you are here because a parent being here is important. Like, other parents won't even come. Other parents won't come support. I remember when my mother would come to the gay club with me, how people treated her. Like, oh, my God, this is your mom coming to support you at the gay club? Mm -hmm. They would treat her almost like they're as if it was their parent coming to the gay club, giving her free drinks, hugging her, and just treating her kind of special. And so... I, it remind when anytime we we can see our parents in any one of our parents, like when we see when we see um, good or bad, negative or positive, however they acted, we can understand that situation in our parent situation. So I I I know that people that was in the funeral, I know these are fake characters, but say that was real. Seeing somebody's parent come to the funeral was a powerful thing. Like, oh, my God, I wonder if my parents is going to come to my funeral. I wonder if they do. How is that going to happen? So another thing that I want to kind of say is this is this was fantasy. Of course, we know it was fantasy. It was a ghost. Mm. But I thought this was a beautiful episode because it gave us a chance to say things that we would not get to say in real life. Mm-hmm. Candy would not get to have that moment with Pray Tell in real life. Candy would not get to have that moment with Angel in real life. Candy would not get to have that moment with her mother in real life. Candy would not get to have that moment with Lulu in real yeah, life. Candy would mm-hmm. not get to have that moment with her father in real life. Candy would not be a ghost sitting, talking to you, and forgiving you and encouraging you. No, she trying to make her coins. I'm talking about in real life. She would be dead. Oh, well. She wouldn't be able to have these conversations with you. So this particular episode is having those conversations with the public who's watching, the people who are looking, who are observing this show for the first time, who are introduced to transness for the first time, who are introduced to gayness or not gayness, but this whole life, this whole community for the first time who don't know how we are in community with each other. They are listening to these stories, listening to these intimate conversations and being emotionally distraught like you were and yes. connecting th- and connecting to them. But that pray tell conversation would not happen because she's dead. 
having conversation with a ghost is not going to happen in real life unless you believe in stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, having these kind of this moment. So you just left with the trauma. You're just real. Real life is. Yeah. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't. You couldn't have this closure. She was able to get closure with mom. She was able to get closure with dad. She was able to get closure with Praytale. She was able to get closure with Angel. Able to get closure with Lulu. Able to get closure in real life. If you don't care for people, if you let people stay on the margin margins without caring for them, you they just die and without being loved, without being taken care of, without you being able to say what you really mean. You can't, you like pray tell, you being mean and shady, but you really love Candy. You don't want her to die. But in the moment, in real life, while she's living, you being mean to her. Your sister, how you treat your sister, how you treat your people, understand that if these people are gone tomorrow, which is a possibility because yeah. life is not promised, how you treat them, how you engage with them is important because you're not going to have a ghost sitting next to you on a pew giving you closure. So that's really, for me... Oh, Lord, I feel like you're preaching to me, Diamond Girl. <laughs> I'm sitting up here like, I was about to say amen. Ooh, so, and that's the truth. Like you, 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 That's what this episode, this particular section of the episode, really, really... Po- poignantly put across to me and beautifully i hope it gets all the kind of awards that whatever it does um because you don't get this closure in real life so get it uh, learn the lesson now from what if you are in a pray tell candy situation learn the lesson from that if you are in the angel candy situation learn the lesson from that if you are mother that mother mother candy relationship learn the lesson learn the lesson now watch it learn the lesson so that you can, while they're alive, give them their roses. While they're alive, give them your love. While they're the, while they're alive, heal the problem that y'all have. And I think that um, I think that was amazingly, beautifully done. And then we yes. go to. Well, that, you just said that very beautifully too. So we go to. After after the whole ghost situation happened, pray tell, um, calls the pallbearers in, and you particularly called the bottoms out. from the brunch, <laughs> not the bottoms. Oh yeah, the bottoms. There the was brunch. the yes, bottoms yes, yes, from yes, the yes. brunch. The bottoms. I was I, I was ahead of myself. <laughs> the bottoms from the brunch comes in, and they said that they are going to add a category to the ball scene called Candy Sweet Refrain, where Aww. people get to lip sync in the ball then he called these big stallion dark skin (laughs) yummy (laughs) pall bearers to come and carry candy away wasn't they looking so delicious and yummy (laughs) i was like wait hold on why they so fine (laughs) (laughs) them pall bearers was fine i'm sorry (laughs) people at the funeral getting more (laughs) yes They were looking good. So then it turns into so they grab the 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 um the, they turn the um the casket and then they go through the doors and they're walking the casket into, into the, the ball. ball. And so that is poetic. And um Candy is doing a lip sync number to Stephanie Mills. Um No, I never knew love like this before and she yes. is getting seen <laughs> she is getting seen she's in this red so to me this particular scene is not only 
a farewell to Candy. It is also a farewell to the amazing actress that is Angelica Ross. Um, this is paying her homage as well. She is going on to do bigger and better things. So, but wait, why did Pray Tell give her that little ass trophy? <laughs> so he was shady as hell because he and Pray Smooth Pray Tell he was fashion, wrong for that when she was getting her tens, even though he said in the usually he was <laughs> little, the biggest. And that, he did not do that for mistake. He, he, he gave did that her shit the on small, purpose. Small little bitty, small you go, girl. Little trophy. You be this little small little bitty treat, little bitty little, you know, little. Bitty. The lunch, not a lunchable, not a lunchable, a little lunch maker. What is it? The little, little, the little mini, bitty, the little lunch mini. Here you go, girl. Cute. Get on out. Get on out. And so she walks around. Because it the was room. a big one up there too. Yeah. So he could have gave that to her. So she could tip off like, uh, like uh, a lecture does with her big trophy. I did but, see a uh, lot of tweets about that. <laughs> that was funny. So she tips around and she's giving each individual person their little handshakes and finally get her tens. She gets her tens and no no she usually be getting her tens for remember she well, walked face. face. Yeah. So she was able to walk out and they have a little moment and I thought that was a beautiful 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 moment. So at the end of that scene, they go back to almost done, y'all. I know this is a long episode. <laughs> they go back to Blanca's house where they're having something of a repast. So everybody at, Blanca. at Blanca's house. Um, first of all, let me say this: this episode has been the most beautiful I have seen Blanca. Oh Blanca yeah! Now we had to gorgeous. do a little. <laughs> I had to say this: Blanca looked fucking beautiful. She did. I don't know what it was. was going what on was this whatever episode. was going on with her skin? It. She just was fucking beautiful in this yes. episode. Not necessarily. Um, okay, girl. Just let it. Let okay. it be. Let, let it be, it be okay. girl. Yeah. Because so you open that up next thing, you know, I'll be done saying something, <laughs> and then they are not listening to it anymore, girl. Because that. that sh- I know. I'm gonna say that. No, you. That oop. black polka dot dress was not oop. doing her no favors. <laughs> <laughs> for her shape and her I mean, shoulders. okay, Blanca, girl, we got to work with what we got. You know, if you got this, then you, you show off that. If this ain't looking right, then you do that. Every outfit ain't just for everyone to just slide on in. You know, some is for people who are more voluptuous with a little shape, and some is, is not, girl. But I mean, hey, if you you want to, she hey, felt you, it. So do what you do, baby. She yeah. did, but look, she her was skin cute. Gorgeous. Skin her mug looks beautiful. Looks beautiful. Yes, Whoever girl. painted you for this yes. episode, they had you looking stunning mm-hmm. and beautiful. Um, also, what I want to do when they went to this repast, why they had two big pots of macaroni and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. What, is, what kind people of repast dinner is this? With the plates and people just sitting around <laughs> with two big ass bowls of macaroni. <laughs> that was horrible. Now people like, are what? all at the piers and selling this and selling they that. Selling. Bitches, all y'all can eat is macaroni. All y'all could get Between is macaroni all of for y'all, this shit. People getting know. modeling gigs and <laughs> on tours with Al B. Short and bitches, y'all is eating some easy mac, easy macaroni. At Blanca's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
another. <laughs> I didn't like that. I was I, like, what? I'm like, all oh, right. Two big pots of macaroni and cheese. I now was the props out. and the people. Y'all couldn't. That's all y'all couldn't. Just put the macaroni in the mother, mother, motherfucking thing. Just put the fucking macaroni on there. It ain't shit. even baked. It's just. And Electra, <laughs> girl, you just, you sitting there eating macaroni with your furs and shit. <laughs> Bitch, you could sell one motherfucking fur and they could eat for months. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this episode, Praytel and Blanca, um, Praytel comes to Blanca and he pulls out his AZT medicine. I'm ready, girl. And he's like, I'm ready. The I'm ready to say, I've been being stupid, girl. And the candy butter ain't working. <laughs> the butter ain't working. <laughs> the pound a day with butter ain't working. And I'm not feeling about to kill myself. Well, how, that's horrible. Anyway. It's dropping like it's hot, girl. <laughs> so let me... Honey, take this medicine with you. Thank you for convincing me. Candy's death really let me know that. Oh, how dare me? I'm mad they sat there and took them AZT pills like it was a shot. Like it was a toast. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I mean, like it was a toast. So wait. She's so up here th- talking about, ooh, this is powerful. <laughs> I did think it was powerful. <laughs> I mean, it was powerful, but still, girl, they sit there like because it's a when- shot or something. I think it takes the stigma out of taking your meds and being positive and taking care of yourself and them having that moment. Somebody in a similar situation. People are so foolish. If you get sick with anything, you got to take medicine. I mean, what the fuck? Like, but ugh. it is a stigma around it. It's a it's a stigma you around get it. Your meds. And so, especially back then. So I think showing them both supporting each other on camera, on screen for people who don't know this life, mm-hmm. who people who don't know the life of a positive person mm-hmm. and the and coming to grips with taking medicine yeah, medication for the true. rest of your life. I feel like, you know, who who's seen that and who how powerful that is for somebody who may be in limbo. Who may be in? Yeah, because I mean, you could look at it as like, damn. When I start taking the meds, it's it's real. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, exactly. That's real as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And so seeing it and seeing them take it and supporting each other on camera, on screen, and then you know, boom, we just gonna take this medicine and take care of ourselves so we can live as long as we, we can live. Boom. Mm. And I think that that was a beautiful end to now, this. Hopefully y'all can keep them alive, Patel and Blanca, because they own their meds uh, pose. Come on now. Because y'all know y'all, y'all done through this. This this was out the loop with Candy now. And y'all already said it's going to be a season three, so we got to go through all these other seasons without Candy. I'm done. It better be some more little ghost little flashbacks of her or something. She need to come through or something. Oh, you know how they be doing on other shows? and they, The person be playing a whole nother character, but it still be there. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That'll be kind of foolish, but still. No. Uh, so what do you think about the colorism conversation that was being had about K- Candy being killed off the show? Honestly, honestly, and I've thought about this too. Mm-hmm. That could be an issue in a lot of things, but I don't necessarily think that it was for, for what they were doing here i feel like they wanted to give us candy she's a she's a loved character and they wanted people to have a connection and and to see like okay all these deaths and stuff are going unanswered and and people are not you know it's not in the media and this and that and shit like this but these are people that you folks care about and they love and even though this is just a character your people are connected and they see how fucked up you know, everything is. So I don't think this was because Candy was dark skinned and oh, then I don't even think I'm. People are using race as a lot 
of let me stop there. I go again. Mm. But I think that people do just throw race in for some for for, for a lot of things that don't really just necessarily. No, I think it's a it's a real life thing. So it is when, a real life thing, but not here. I don't think. In the beginning, I was like, mm. so I was too. I was. I was like, why can't this be Lulu? Like mm. Lulu. But see, with Lulu, like. We didn't have no connection with Lulu like that. Which more reason for her to be able to be killed off. Yes, but then... Because think about if they would have put Lulu in the position that Candy was to help Electra out of the situation. Okay. So the storyline pulled Candy into that situation. Let me... When she said, oh, let me talk to Blanca, you know, I'm go, when Electra went to Blanca about the situation, the man being dead, mm-hmm. that could have... And Blanca was like on some... Let's call the police. And then she was like, girl, you're stupid. Okay. Let's go somewhere else. She could have went to Lulu. You get what I'm saying? They could have wrote it to where they went to Lulu, and Lulu was the person that said, oh, let me, let's talk to Miss Orlando. This is what I heard about her. You see what I'm saying? Let Lulu be that person. It could They could have set it up to where she we were caring about her. Yeah. You see what totally. I'm saying? No, and I thought about that, too. They could have, even with that episode and just, Develop Lulu's mm-hmm. character more. It it was a lot of gateway for that instead of just seeing Ricky and fuck me tits. <laughs> so yeah, totally. I, it I, I think it could have been Lulu, but then so I said this. I said I, I feel like the reality of the world is that because Candy was a dark skinned trans woman, she would have been the most vulnerable. So the producers of the show had a choice. We can play the fantasy of let's fix this cover colorism issue and make Lulu, the light-skinned girl, the one that dies off the show mm-hmm. and, and, and create the show in a fantasy world where, you know, not a necessarily fantasy world, but try to fix the colorism issue with our casting and, our, and how it plays out. C- Candy is the sapphire. She's the sapphire trope of black women. She is the feisty... She's comedic. She's that fight. She's a sapphire. Yeah. So her being killed off is really typical to that normal storyline about the feisty black girl getting Be- wore out. Yeah. So, but the reality of the situation is that is true. So in 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 the world, she's the she was the darkest, the darkest one. Mm-hmm. So dark skinned girls are more marginalized than light skinned girls, right? Mm-hmm. So she would be the one who would be the most vulnerable for this type of hate. And when we look at the color of black girls who have been murdered this year, years before, they are dark-skinned girls. There are some light-skinned ones, Mm -hmm. some, but most of them are dark-skinned black trans women. (sighs) Right? Like, when we look at the pictures, like, if you go and look at pictures, like, go look right now. If you are listening to this show, go look at pictures of the black trans women that have been murdered most of them were dark-skinned black trans women. They weren't light-skinned. There was some. You get what I'm saying? There was some. Yes. I'm not saying that it's exclusively dark-skinned. No. But who is the most vulnerable, who is the most affected, is dark-skinned black trans women. Yep. Simple so. Enough. So the show yeah. took the reality approach. Yeah, and not the. It's not necessarily. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You can't play the. You can play the colorism card, but 
Like this is the reality. Yeah, because it Paul's is Paul's have gave us real shit. They're yeah. not sitting up here, oh, let's kill her because she's dark skin. Ryan Murphy wrote out this role for Candy. And the people who are involved in the situation are kind of woke people who recognize colorism. Right. Like, like Janet and da da yes, da. So I don't know. I'm not gonna let that happen. And then you turn around and she got her a role. Yeah. And so, yes, <laughs> Angelica Ross is now going to be on the new episode of American Horror Story, the 1984. Oh, so she has a new it's role. It's going to be so good. And, and I was telling my friend, she has always been featured. Like, if you talk about the who are the trans it girls in the community, it's going to be, you You got to talk about Janet Mock. You got to talk about Laverne. You got to talk about Trace Lissette. You got to talk about... Angelica Ross, like you got um, Smart Jen. I can't. What's Jenny? Something. Her name is Jen, but I can't. I know her as Smart Jen because that's her username. Um, but I don't know her like whole full name. Um, but Smart Jen. Yeah, I can I I have to show it to you. But oh, okay. she she's she's actress and she's doing her thing. Um, but if you, that it those it girls, Angelica has been one of the it trans entertainers for the past five years. Like she's. Oh, been, I know. Yeah, she's been. Of involved in stuff as well, so it's not just um, if it, this was her first role, I would feel some kind of way. But people have been showing Angelica love in regards to her getting access to these roles, getting access to be a part. Of, she was on Claws. She was on. Oh, the, for real? Yeah, she look was on the episode of Claws. She's, been, she's on. been on other stuff, so she. It's not has it I hasn't mean, been as popular as like Laverne with um, Orange Is the New Black I and mean, Janet doing her thing. Better than Laverne. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, Laverne is cute. Well, next mean. to gorgeous. <laughs> Angelica's gorgeous. Uh, Laverne we is, is not about to cute. be. Not about I mean, bitch, you ain't got to like everybody. Is, I mean, I smile, I smile. Laverne, you, you was cool up in the Orange's New Black on the first, first, second season. First two seasons. <laughs> anyway. So, she got some... Go. She got a new role, so anyway, you don't though. have to worry about not seeing her. She yes. got, she just, they, they could kill her off because she's going to another show. Hopefully, I don't know where we're going after this. Is like, damn, where do you go after this? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that it's going I to mean, be. I mean, you've seen the preview with Ricky. Ugh. I didn't get to watch a preview. I just oh, that. well, yeah, the preview is with Ricky, and they're going to show him being, you know, uh, he's joining Electra's. Uh, house the winter now, yeah. and I mean that's kind of all we, we really saw, and you know he's gonna be doing, doing something in that, so it looks a little more lighthearted, but you don't know because somebody probably be dead soon as the uh, <laughs> the fucking episode starts. You just don't even know with Pose. Uh, yeah, you, never know. you know. Pray tell land up in the hospital bed. <laughs> Girl, shady. them pills that got me together, bitch. You are shady. You never know with Pose, <laughs> but we love y'all. So that is the end of our show. Tell us what you think. I know this is a long episode, but um, you know it was a lot going on, so it, it was really it deep. Was so we lot, had to unpack child. a lot. So. Tell us what y'all think, and see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.
gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright.